On this episode of Fumbling Around Detroit Sports, Steiner sits down with Tommy Hurley High, coach and teacher from Lincoln Park High School. Uh, they talk about a lot of subject matters, including going back to school, bringing back sports, and others. Uh, also, check out, if you want the video version, there's a video version on YouTube at uh, Detroit Fumbling Around Detroit Sports, and also the Facebook page of the video. Uh, we will be looking to maybe go live in the future also, so look out for that as this episode already was. Also, I want to thank Pinecast. Check out Pinecast for any of your podcast hosting needs, and make sure to check out all the other Planet Ant Podcast Network shows, including Mask Off, uh, Sandwich Talk, uh, Detroit Strange, the Michael Dupree Variety Hour, and Fan to Fan Detroit uh, Sports. So, so many thanks. Please check them all out. All right. Thank you. Enjoy the episode. We are live with Bumbled Around Detroit Sports. I'm your host, Steiner. And uh, this is the first time we've had a live video. So uh, right now we will be live on Facebook, my Facebook page for uh, Fumbling Around Detroit Sports, and my YouTube page. I believe it's also Detroit, Fumbling Around Detroit Sports. So the big topic that I would like to first discuss this is my own opinion. First of all, I just want to claim. I know I work for a school and I plan that podcast. This is strictly my own opinion. This is my show. And uh, people are talking about going back to school. And I don't, first I want to say I don't feel comfortable. I don't know if you're following the numbers, but uh, we're spiking. I've had people tell me, well, they're going back in other school or other countries. They flatten the curve. We never flatten the curve. We are spiking. We are seeing over 60,000 per day being tested positive in the country. Uh, the CDC has determined that it uh, is a highest risk if schools reopen. How do, what do, how, especially if they open at full capacity. And we're going to need a lot of funding. Um, I already feel like schools are unfunded. I wish uh, we could add more funding for uh, coaching. In these sports, I love working with these kids. If we spent more money actually doing activities that will help grow our kids and helping pay people to do these activities, I think your money would go, your dollar would go a lot further. I love coaching. I love teaching. I want to go back. I want to play sports. But it's not safe because people don't want to wear masks. Because people don't want to social distance. You know, uh, Michigan did a really good job. We did a really good job for a, a short time there. We really did flatten the curve here. Um, it got really bad. And it got really bad at places that had international airports. People, because came, this came from a different country. It did. Um, but once we knew about it, once we learned about it, we, we did shut down the schools. I did not feel safe for the schools. I remember March 13th, they, they shut down the schools. I was very happy about that. We tried to move online. We tried to do everything. See, every district is different. Uh, my concern is that uh, we do need more funding and the people who, because I think we're going to need to be online more. I don't, you know, I would love to meet up, but at the certain conditions right now, there's too high of a rate 
we don't know enough about because people say, well, kids can't have it or something like I've heard stupid things. I've heard stupid things. So let's we need to know more science. We need more testing. Testing's huge. We don't have anywhere near a testing. Um, I know they're doing surveys right now um, for teachers, for parents and stuff like that. There's already a teacher shortage, first of all. So um, and we have older teachers and. I'm concerned about those. I'm part of a union. I'm concerned about everybody that's part of that union. I want everybody to feel safe. I don't want anybody who's immune compromised to not feel safe and be forced to work under conditions that they don't feel safe or their families. Um, we spent trillions of dollars. Where'd all that trillions of dollars go? Did we get it? Did our schools get it? Did our local governments get it? No. Stockholders and shareholders and companies got it. Uh, the PPP got it and they gave it to millionaires and billionaires and not your mom and pop's local shops. So um, it's crazy. You can't ignore this. We can't ignore COVID. And you can't just expect teachers who are already underpaid. They already studied this. They did a, they did a case study. There was three teachers in Arizona during summer school that worked together. They all got it. One of them died. I don't like those odds. So if we're going to do this, we're going to do it in a safe manner. And you're, you ain't going to force anything. And, you, and if you attach funding to it, that's ridiculous. All right. I want to bring on my uh, guest. Thank you, Tavi. I don't mean to start in such a hateful place. I don't want to say it's hateful, but a frustrated place because people are trying to tell us how to open up and how we need to get back to school. And I have not talked to you about this. I want to talk to you. I want this to be a real conversation. So I don't know your personal opinion. Uh, me and you work together. We're both co-teachers in the classroom together at Lincoln Park High School. And I, I've been working with you for a little over a year now. And we teach history. And it's been amazing. Uh, you've gotten our classroom, you and uh, with help of uh, Mr. Breen and other people, um, we're on Google Classroom, and I love how you've created uh, this new dynamic of how we can teach history. I've never been taught history in this format. Uh, I was usually taught history with, like, here's a book, uh, read over it, and answer the questions at the back or something like that. So right. um, as a history teacher, I didn't know what I was coming into. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I came to Lincoln Park High School, I didn't know who you were, and I didn't know how your teaching method was. So I was thrown in the middle two thirds into a year with you. And uh, I thought we did a pretty good job though of like, just like, I all right, we did too. just like, we're going to adapt, uh, figure this out and just work together really. And um, I think uh, if you listen to the episode with Jarvis, you know, uh, I think we have a, a similar type of teaching style of like discipline with compassion. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, right. we weren't co-taught classes. So, uh, I am a special ed teacher background. So in our co-taught classes, there'll be up to like 13 students with a learning disability or some type of IEP and stuff like that. So, um, while we understand that they have a disability, we never want to like enable them. Right. And be like, Oh, sorry, right. you can't do it. Like we'll adapt. We, we cause st if students, if I've learned anything, they'll try to be lazy and get away with stuff if you allow them, right? I mean, yeah, that's what they hope for, right? They will then, find any excuse that they possibly can to get out of work. And it's right? not, you know, it's it's a kid thing. It's not specific to where we teach. It's a kid thing. 
Yeah, right. I mean, no, it's not just specifically our students or it's not just because especially it's just not like, yeah, a special ed student or anything like that. That has nothing to do with it. It's like the society and the culture that we're dealing with and the access to the technology and the TikTok and YouTube. (laughs) So I actually I had TikTok. Uh, TikTok spying on you. I deleted it. You should delete that app. I know. I deleted it. I deleted it. It's not because not, not because forty five said it either. Uh, <laughs> don't try like I don't trust our government. I don't trust China. I'm never going to China. So if you're taking any, if you're ever taking any of those, because uh, you like the, which is amazing. You take uh, some of the students and you guys travel. Like you, right? Where did you go to last? Did you go to? Uh, we went to Germany and Austria. And yeah. Next year. Next year, we're planning on going to Spain and Portugal uh, if we can. Yeah. That's a great experience for high school students. Like, that's just amazing. I know you do that with uh, a couple other teachers, or at least one other teacher. Uh, Yep. Yeah, it's it's, uh, myself and Miss Jazzo. Uh, She's an English teacher. And, uh, yeah, the last trip that we went on, we had, like, 20 kids. And and this time around, we have a similar number, I think 22. So, yeah. You know, it's it's going to be an enjoyable experience. Uh, it's like kids don't realize, like, think about it, like, especially where we're at. A lot of our kids don't go anywhere outside of Michigan. You know, a lot of them, I, I was told that a lot of them don't even know what it's like to go up north, you right. know, not to use Michigan terminology. <laughs> but, you know, they don't they don't know what it's like to even travel three hours away. So yeah. going to a completely different continent um, they really learn how to become adults. You know, we give them, yeah, we have a lot of time together, but at the same time, we're in a different country and they can go out for a couple hours on their own. Obviously we give them parameters, Yeah, but you know, it's, uh, it's a great experience for them. I'm so sorry about that. No, you're good. You can't hear the dog. Can you hear the dog barking or, you, I or no? Yeah. I thought it was okay. Linus for a second, but it's like, <laughs> it's all right. Okay. No, you're all good, dude. Um, but no, that's great experience. So like, especially to be able to like at a young age go see different cultures and stuff like that. And I know uh, Kim. Uh, Kim was lucky enough to go to. She has a uh, a Michigan background, and but she went to study abroad, and she went to Brazil, and but she was like with. She just talks about because she was with like uh, I don't even know how to explain it. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna butcher it, but like. Um, they just lived off the land. It was like a tribe and, uh, it just like taught her like so much through that experience of living through. Cause like, if you just like follow TV and your local, like what kids are doing, like, I love where we're at. Cause we have so many different cultures to learn from and like different backgrounds mm-hmm. and students speak different languages. I love different foods. Like I, that's probably one of my favorite things. Mr. Harbert will agree with me is the different foods that we get from the different oh, yeah uh bigger different backgrounds you know that's how we could connect right you know i I really was surprised at how great german food was i was not expecting anything crazy um i've been to uh i've been to scotland and i can say that their food is terrible um (laughs) i've been to italy obviously their food's amazing but i was really surprised by german food Um, i don't think i would like german food what is it like dude i didn't think i was gonna like it either Honestly, sausages um, or something and pull. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was just sausages, but no, they they have a variety of sauerkraut or something. What is it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they eat sauerkraut, but now you're (laughs) starting to sound like a boomer, Steiner, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
you know, but, uh, but yeah, we were, we were completely caught off guard, like, um, about how good the food was. Like we came, my wife and I, when we came back, uh, do you shop at Aldi at all? I did. I have. Yes. Yeah. So like Aldi will have the, the foods from other world. I mean, like other parts of the world sections. So we, uh, over quarantine, we, we bought a bunch of German food and we thought, Oh, this is going to be amazing. And, uh, like we bought like uh, pork schnitzel, which you know it's like little patties. Okay. Almost like yeah. they look like chicken patties, like the yeah. Tyson ones that you. So like I've tried to follow the directions and and fry them up and and dude they were they were terrible. Like we ended up burning them and throwing them out. Like you know. No. So uh, trying new foods and cooking. I mean, but, at least you're trying. Like yeah, but you know. Aside from just food, like obviously food is a big part of it. And the kids, they, they have things that they like and they have the things that they don't. But, uh, but, but really, it's it's the fact that you can go and you can hear, hear other people's perceptions of the world and experiences. You know, like the last trip, we went to a concentration camp. Oh, man. And, you know, Steiner, we talk about concentration camps, um, you know, in our class. Um, and not just uh, World War II concentration camps, but... Um, but we went to a consecration camp and the, uh, it was like all of us, we, we bonded in that experience because it's so like, it's one thing to talk about in the classroom. It's another to actually be there and know what had happened and try to process all of it. Yeah. And, um, I gotta be honest, I didn't know how to process it at first and, you know, it led to a really good conversation that we all had with one another. And at first I had kids that when we were leaving, they didn't want to talk for a while, Um, you know, but they wouldn't have got that experience um, probably at any other point in their life. Now I have, anytime we go, I've never had one kid that's like, eh, trip was okay. No, everybody's dying to go back in another one because uh, you get the chance to see other parts of the world and other cultures and how they live. And, Every single kid that I've uh, I've taken has come to see the world in a different light. No, dude, that's that's awesome. Um, no, that's what we're talking about. Is like that's why I want more funding for education because I want more opportunities for our students. I want like well, let's talk about sports, right? Like, I can, I'm sure you coach uh, two sports. Uh, you're the mm-hmm. cross country coach. Uh, the, are you doing both right now, or are you just working no. with both? I work, I work with both. Um, you know, I, coach Nuttle is the, is the boys cross country coach. Um, you know, and, uh, but, but we work together and we work really well together. I think too, we're, uh, we're pretty, uh, we're pretty opposite in some regard. Like, you know, he's super positive all the time. And I like to think I'm, pr- I'm very positive, but I'm also very realistic. Um, you know, he can always put the negative spin on things. I'm sorry, the positive spin on things. And sometimes I'm, as you know, Steiner, I'm a little bit more uh, realistic. <laughs> uh, so, but no, we work really well together. Um, he, he's a yoga instructor. So, you know, a lot of times I'll do, I'll run a, a specific workout and he'll do a lot of the strength and the uh, the yoga stuff together, you know, with the, with the kids all together. So, you know, we, it's a good it's a good partnership that a lot of sports don't have. You don't hear an awful lot about like boys and girls basketball working together or girls and boys soccer. It's just 
running sports are a completely different animal. Yeah. In that regard. Well, I would like to just see more camaraderie just through every, all the programs together, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my goal is like, I'm talking crap because I'm saying, I, I don't, I'm just making stuff up. I'm saying that you're saying you guys are the hardest working team and that we, we don't work hard and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm just. <laughs> well, it's, it's not that, uh, it's not that I, I, I want to sound prideful or rude, but I haven't seen anybody match our work. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a uh, it, it's more of a challenge. Like if it means that the that some of the kids from other sports hate me, that I, I'm cool with that because I want them all to get better. I want them to <laughs> exactly. especially dude, especially Friday night football games like there's nothing more that gets me more pumped up on the mic, you know, announcing yep. games. Than you you announce the well. games there. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, which, by the way, by the way, if we do have it in the fall, Steiner, I'm going to need somebody to be a color commentator. So I think you're up. I might. I might have, so, might have to be up, dude. Uh, yeah. Sounds up? like we might be broadcasting the games if we can't have fans in the stands. So I know. Uh, I am afraid that we won't be able to play. But mm-hmm. if we were and we had to have something like that, I would love to help create like a live production or something. You know, like we, we can, have to make it. As cheesy as possible. <laughs> get, like, public, access, public access, 1980s, you know, uh, we can we can go to Value World and get like, you know, checkered plaid uh, suits, yeah. sport coats, and uh, we, we could really make this a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, like uh, so everybody can watch it, watch your kids and us make fools of ourselves. And, uh, exactly. You know, like. Uh, there's so many times you've been to a lot of football games, right? There's so many times where my voice will crack on the mics or oh, whatever. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, you just, you got to roll with it. You got to have some fun with it, especially, yeah. right. Especially with what's going on right now. Oh yeah. You, know? you can't take yourself serious. And we all like, otherwise, like as soon as you're like, Oh my gosh, like, and everybody else feels that way. Then that's when like it happens, you know, like if you play it off cool, like, because it isn't a big deal unless you make it a big deal. Right. Right. Well, like, you know, student teacher basketball game. We were, I, I don't know about you, but I, I was a little bit nervous. I'm like, maybe I'll make a fool out of myself or oh, whatever. Yeah. But, but we had such a good time. That was, that was a lot of fun. Like, <laughs> you gotta, but, but you got to be willing to put yourself out there. And I think that the more you're willing to do that and make a fool of yourself, the more the kids want to be around you. Oh, yeah. For because sure. Because then they figure out, oh, you know what? Like, not a, nobody's perfect at all, and um, you know, it'll it'll be okay if I make a mistake and when I make a mistake. No, again, I think that's where the compassion comes in with the discipline. Is like we have a background in education and what we learn and stuff, and we want to help you, but also we're like understanding, and we understand like nobody, not everybody likes history like us too, right? right? Like, let's just be <laughs> real, especially a high school kid. Maybe. I'd say maybe about 80% of the kids that I get, they, they don't really care for history right away. I mean, I still no. get the 20% that they, they dig it as soon yeah. as we start. But it takes some, it takes some time. It takes some convincing and trying to put things in a separate light. You know, I love the debates that we have with the students. Yeah. Uh, that's something we've added. And so we've like made students like learn to how to like research. And sometimes it's like a, a, a a side that they don't agree with or that's hard for them to like, you know, yeah. Like, debate, like what? 
Yeah, it's just hard for them to even like understand that, like that they have to right. debate on the other side sometimes. Well, well my go-to move um, is to okay. Well, what what side do you support? Well, you're going to support the other side. Yeah, they every single time it's the same look on their face. Yeah, like it's the the home alone, like like they don't they don't get it. You know, it's but it, it's forcing kids to think out of their comfort zone, and I think that's why it's so important, especially in 21st century schools that you. You know, we get a lot of kids that come in and this is, again, this isn't specific to Lincoln Park. This is all over that their entire lives are are stuck in their phones or, or in social media. So they don't, they don't get that face-to-face interaction, yep. you know, like you, you got to be able to think on your feet and support your ideas, even, even necessarily if you don't agree with them sometimes. Yeah. The rest yeah. of the population. Teaching is so difficult right now. It's, it's so you have to okay i i was along that light and steiner we talked so much in march and april especially when this whole thing was going on that getting trying to get that sense of normalcy right yeah like i think what we have to do in order to get through all this is you have to understand that when we come back nothing is going to be normal yeah nothing is going to be back to the way it was but it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. You know, we don't have to make it a, a negative thing. You can make it a positive. And that's what I think that we've been trying to do with our class. Like, you know, I had, uh, I had some friends over last night who were teachers and, and we were just talking and like all of us agree that, that we, we miss our kids and we miss our classes. Um, you know, it, it's really hard being a teacher and not being able to be with them every day. Um, but, uh, but we're going to have to adapt to what's ever given to us. That's just, yes. I mean, that's survival one-on-one, right? Yeah. Like, but that's what I'm, I'm hoping that's what's willing. And it sounds like because the local and state governments are not, they're separating themselves from the federal right. view right now. So they're not forcing that. And I don't know if he's just trying to cause a divide or something like that, but, mm-hmm. um, and what actual power he actually has over holding federal funds over anything like that. But there's no way you could force 30 kids in a classroom right now or something like right. that and switch that over five times. Or like, I'm not teaching 120 kids a day in a classroom where I don't know if the circulation's even that good. Like, mm-hmm. buildings are older and stuff like that. And right. then just, I ask students, so you know, I don't know if you've talked to any of the students and stuff like that, but the expectation oh, yeah. is they're going to wear a mask all day. You expect every <laughs> student to wear a mask all day. Right. So hopefully that's not what's really, maybe that's just a leverage. Like that's where they're coming into the negotiation with or something. Well, think about it right now. Okay. It's July 12th and a month from now, everything's going to be different. Yeah. <laughs> Everything, you know, every, every change, like I'm saying that now and watch, it'll be the exact same, but um, you know, we're going to adapt. We're, we're teachers. We're teachers in, um, in the 21st century where we're getting, we're expected to do so much more than teach. Um, we're going to figure it out one way or another. If that means that we're going to have to be online for a while or all year, yeah. then, then that's what we're going to do. Like if we meet in class, like, you know, we make lemonade, um, yeah. <laughs> regardless of what lemons we're given. So, you know, I, I, I don't know, not to sound like I'm unsympathetic to the people who, uh, who feel uncomfortable, but I, 
I mean, I'm I'm dying to get back in my class. I, I and I want that sense of normalcy too. Um, whatever that means, um, I, I'm willing to do it. Uh, but uh, right now, coaching, wearing a mask, I, I can't lie to you. It's it's hard. It's difficult. Having the kids stretch and, and be apart from each other, six feet apart from one another, that's, yeah. that's difficult too. And sometimes very unrealistic. But at the end of the day, you got to think like, what did you go into teaching for? You sure as heck didn't go in for the money, <laughs> you know, um, even though in our district, we are, we are very fortunate. Well, um, yeah, I think, yeah, I want to, yeah, we are in our district. I think our leadership is like, a, like we're great everywhere. Like this isn't yeah. a specific us that I'm necessarily either worried about, but I'm concerned about <laughs> the state of Michigan teachers as a whole. Cause I think we're coming right. from a place of privilege and stuff like that. Lincoln Park has like the highest contracts and stuff like that, or arguably, you know, so, um, yep. you know, that's nice for us. Um, but I want to make yeah. sure it's safe for everywhere. You know, even kids in Detroit and stuff like that, you can't just force, you know, like there's gotta be testing. There's gotta be masks. Right. You know, if people can't afford masks, masks need to be provided. I think these are just basic. Where does this funding come from though? Well, um, I, I'm not going to get too crazy into this, but you know that the federal government right now is, is not doing their job. They're not doing what they're supposed to do. They don't, they don't seem to care very much about the, the average people. Um, so uh, the PPE and, and all those things that, that come with it, um, you know, either you provide the, the funds for that um, or you, you watch as your school districts uh, really start to struggle. Um, yeah. And uh it's crazy what is going on uh, with all the money that's being funneled, funneled to private schools. Yep. Um, that's you know, even lost. She was speaking earlier right, today. Right. Right. So, uh, so but, basically you have uh, most of these private schools where you're trying to put tax dollars. They don't, they don't, they're not, most of the kids that go to private schools don't need it. No. Yeah, I know. That's like, uh, the PPP went to so many people, again, like you said, private schools, the Catholic church got 1.4 billion, like things that don't right. even pay taxes are getting money. Right. And they're, they're our public schools, they've been right. defunding public schools for forever. They've been trying again. We're lucky in a position where our city's done a pretty good job of balancing the budget. <laughs> and like, like most districts right. have not done as good of a job as Lincoln park. And they've, right. They've been doing that for a little while now. Um, right. So kudos to them. And because like, I don't know how I'm so, I still, I feel blessed to be right. part of Lincoln park. We're like, they come in when I came in and stuff like that. It was never like, it wasn't necessarily planned. It just kind of came out of nowhere, but it was like such a blessing and perfect timing. Right. And uh, I'm so excited because uh, the other schools I've worked at, we didn't have like extracurriculars and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. and, that's something I really enjoy because you get to really see kids in a different light sometimes coaching. It's, them. Not, it's not often that you get to hear. And this isn't just uh, in the public sector. It's the private sector too. It's not very often that you get to hear people that, that genuinely appreciate the people who they work for. And, um, you know, like for us, we're very fortunate that we we know that the people that we work for, they don't not only care about us, like, you know, our, our superintendent, he knows everybody by name. I don't know how he does that, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and there's never a question and there's never a doubt that they have the kids best interest in mind. Absolutely. Right. And, and that's, that's why I think it's such a great place to work. Um, 
you're going to make mistakes right through this process right. and stuff. But like, that's the thing that I can support is like, yeah, I know where their heart is and where they're coming from. They don't right. make like necessary. I, I mean, you all, unfortunately you do got to make, someone's got to make business decisions at some point, right? right. There's only so right. much money that you get it comes down to somebody where that goes and stuff like that. But like, I think they try well, to do, Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, they, they just do what we kind of like, our, uh, what we believe in, kind of the like the discipline, but also the compassion. Like, we got to have compassion for our students and their families, what they're going through. Like, if you're going right. to force school, my concern is like, you'll only be forcing school to the <clears throat> parents. Like, we're, we're high school, so maybe parents, like, kids can stay home a little bit, but you're only forcing, like, because it's kind of daycare. Like, if you have a job where you're an essential right. worker or something like that, you can't afford daycare. So that's like free daycare. And we're teaching the kids too. Right. right. So I get that. Right. The benefit well, of that. I... Here, here's a positive for the quarantine. Okay. I, I think a lot of parents realized um, that they need us, you know, and that, that was a really positive thing. Like a lot of the parents that I, we, we had to make phone calls to everybody in our third hour. And a lot of the parents that I spoke with, they were like, man, I don't know how you do this every day. Like, and it's like, well, you know, we ch we chose this profession. We chose this livelihood. Nobody chose what's going on right now. Yeah. There's not like somebody that that pushed a button and, and all of a sudden life changed. But again, because of where we work and because of how um, how much support that we feel with each other, like, I don't know about you, but I, I'm feeling okay with the whatever decisions they're going to decide. Because I think they're going to make the yeah I think they're going to make cautious right. safe decisions um, right. So again, my my concern is not always about maybe my school or where we're at because again I think we have uh, the right like you said the super I know I remember the super I was in high school I was a high school student when the superintendent was a band director and band teacher and right. stuff I didn't have that but I I actually hung out with students from the you know I love sports and stuff mm -hmm. too but I had friends from like different backgrounds so like I knew some guys who were in like drumming and stuff but like they all mm -hmm. loved him. As right. a, you know, it was almost like a cult or something like that. I was like, what is like, right. what is the obsession with this guy? Like, I didn't know him. No. Like, he wasn't in my, I didn't, I'm no good with instruments. Like, uh, I had a guitar in the background. I moved it just because I'm like, I don't want anybody to get any impression that I can do the, Listen, being a, being a band director is, is very similar to being a coach in, in the regard that, that you set the culture, you set the tone. And I think... Yeah what uh what he, what terry did um with the band is very similar to what he did to our district as a whole you know like you get people to buy in and and how you do that is you support each other you listen to people's concerns like yeah. two summers ago i i needed some equipment for track and and without question he sat down and he met with me you know like that that doesn't happen everywhere so so again like yeah. you have to like in order to lead any profession, you got to make sure that you, that the people that are the constituents that you deal with every day, they understand that you have their best interests in mind. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why we can be so comfortable with whatever decision happens right now. And I support our union too. And I know because they're right. going to be negotiating on our behalf too. And, you know, so um keep that in mind. So again, we're in a position, I feel like, yeah, we're well supported and, but I don't feel like that's going to be how everybody feels, especially across the nation where some of these right. spikes are going and stuff like that. So. Well, unfortunately, as much as I 
I live by the rules that uh, that you should care about everybody who's around you and you shouldn't just think about yourself. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is one of those rare exceptions where you can't worry about everybody. Um, you have to worry about what's in front of you because mm -hmm. if you don't care, take care of yourself, then there's no way you can take care of other people as well. Right. I think there might be, you know, you're, you're onto something with like, I think there might be mental health issues kind of happening with like, uh, oh, cause I know how easy, you know, who people are probably really addicted to their cell phones and technology right now because of all like the, everything going on, you know, you kind of want to stay updated and there's so much going on across the nation and whether if it's protest, if it's rather spikes in COVID, if it's just a lot. I had to, I had to delete my Facebook app off my phone. Um, yeah. And I have not been on other than uh, on my birthday, just to thank people for saying happy birthday, which by the way, Steiner, thank you uh, for saying happy birthday. But I uh, didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you did. I, whatever you, I think you sent me a text, but thought, it yeah. doesn't matter. I know. It doesn't matter. You know, but other than that, like, it's such a toxic place. Like social media is such a toxic place and it, and it wears on you. It draws on you. So yeah. I I've stuck to the rule under quarantine or I've tried to at least to uh, only check the news one time a day. Um, I know, I know. And you're a news junkie. So that's gotta be really hard for you. It is. Dude. Uh, to do that. But I think you're, you're really on to something though, that, that there's a lot of people are hurting right now. Yeah. Um, like the first several weeks, like we've been, this is coming into week four for cross country. And, uh, since we've been back, like most of that has just been healing. Oh my God. You know, we've been apart from each other for so long. And, um, it's just kind of taken into, into that, into account that, uh, people are not in that great of a place right now. No, man. I've got kids that their parents have lost their jobs. Um, you know, I've got kids that, uh, that maybe they've, they come from stressful environments and, and we had to kind of talk to one another and just say, look, we're, we're not sure if we're going to have a season, but right now let's try to have this be the one time a day where you really, we can just not think about anything else, but cross country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, man. Uh, sports are important. Uh, like I know, uh, just like I think about when I like my grandma passed and stuff like that, and like how like hockey was important, just to, like get out of my own head, doing something, and that's why I, I've learned through improv and acting and stuff like that. It's very similar, like like what you said, like leadership's important, in anything really. So like it could be in band, it could be, you know, it's just right. leadership. Um, so right, um, so it's it's, it's no reason right. why it makes sense why his leadership from the band, how it was so successful, led to him then becoming the principal at Kepin, my old elementary school. And then I remember substitute teaching because I was still in college at that time. And uh, I remember the old principal. I did not care for him as a student. And I was a good student. But this guy was like mean for, like, mm -hmm. for no reason, Mr. Savage. Um, but uh, Mr. Dangerfield. <laughs> yeah, seriously, man. Oh, my God. He was like, he had, like, he was like bald and he had like this big mole. Like he was just ah, very frustrating. Kind of the, the Khrushchev thing going on? Yeah, yeah, Gorbachev. Yeah, uh, but like <laughs> the thing with him, he and I, I heard this from like uh, a teacher back in the day or whatever, but like he would be like too lenient on the difficult students and then like super hard on like first time offenders or something like that. It's like go super hard on. I was like, whoa, dude, he was trying to scare them straight, 
Yeah, I got yeah, probably. Yeah, this is yeah, like an old school, like strong guy, right? Type of like right. I'm gonna overpunish you or something. Don't do this again. <laughs> uh, but uh the they loved him there. They loved Mr. Dangerfield mm-hmm. there, and then he was what the principal, I believe he worked at the high school he and he was there when I got hired. The yeah. principal? Yeah. Okay, so you got to work, yeah. And then obviously yeah, he, he, when I student taught, he was principal, and then he, he hired me and went across the street. And, and then and I got hired just, later on. And, yep. Every, and we're together. Every, right, right. You know, we're together going strong. Um, but, uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good place to be a part of. And, uh, it's a good culture. Like I've never, I've never had an, I've had four different, uh, principles. Um, and, uh, each one they've, they've been different. Um, but, uh, but each one, again, they've, they've found their, their way to, uh, to empower the staff. Um, yeah, we've had growing pains, we've had shakeups, but at the same time, like, very fortunate and very lucky. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm really curious. How's, how's soccer going? It's going good. Uh, a lot of kids, a lot of kids, like, uh, cause I was a uh, part of the very, like, well, uh, the soccer program started in Lincoln park when I was in eighth grade at the middle school. And mm-hmm. I actually played with them all summer and I was going to play with them during the season. Uh, I went mm-hmm. to a tournament and like a preseason like type of you know like play a bunch of teams or something played with them there and then we went to the first game and uh the coach was like my second dad and he mm-hmm. didn't play me the first game and then talked to me after and said he couldn't play me because i would lose like a year of eligibility. he was like it was like hard for him though uh, uh but i would lose a year of eligibility um so i wouldn't be able to you can't play five years of like high school sports so if I play my eighth grade year, like I wouldn't be able to play my 12th grade year. I, I believe that's what the case was. It had to have been. That was definitely good so he, enough to play. So he redshirted you. That's what you're saying. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so that was the uh, the first program. Um, but we never had a JV team or anything like that. So we should have plenty of players to even have like a JV team now and stuff like that. Right. Uh, there's right. definitely some talent out there. Like I never went to any of the games or anything like that. So I just started mm-hmm. JV coaching a couple of weeks ago and stuff and uh man i want to just play so bad and you know like, like i just want to go back to normalcy so much i really do like i enjoy right. what we do and i'm liking it right. more and more you know what i'm saying as right. i'm growing into coaching and teaching there because man yeah so um it sucks because i thought we were going somewhere um but it does like you said it made us grow in certain areas we were Lucky enough, you were ready technology-wise and curriculum-wise for our world history class to move right to – because we were already online and we already had Chromebooks. They were already Mm -hmm. doing this in class basically. Um, Now we're going to maybe have to do – I don't know, have more Zoom classes or something next year or uh, maybe make more (laughs) videos or something as like – like you made a nice video. uh, (laughs) I tried. One of the last – I think that's like perfect, but like – um, you get better at that too, right? Like it's hard at first right. too, doing any of this stuff, learning how to do all this live stuff, and you're like, dude, it's all hard. But well, I definitely, I definitely have a face for radio. I don't have a face for video, so oh, nobody cares. <laughs> uh, I hope my, I always, make, I always say, I hope my uh, kids are ugly to like they're like twenty at least, right? Like, 
I, I want the ugly phase to be at least till 20. <laughs> so, so if you guys like we when we were uh so like we start cross country early, we start at eight. Uh and you guys it looked like you had already been out since like uh we, for we're like at seven. Yeah, we're we got out seven. at seven. Right. Yep. I made it a point to tell my girls, I'm like, <laughs> look, the soccer team can get here at seven. You guys have an extra hour. You can get here. You can bust your butt more oh, than the soccer team. And, uh, you know, it's uh, as you know, right now, it's a little bit of an eerie feeling being a coach. Like, yeah, dude, I want to do I want to like, God, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Uh, I want to push my guys harder. But then, like, I, I am concerned. Like, I don't think we're going to be unless everybody right away starts doing the steps needed to take to flatten this thing. There's no way with yep. the numbers on the just trend. Wear, just wear a mask. It's not hard. Yes. It's not hard. Just wear a mask. The biggest mistake I think that we've made as a society is uh, is they said that the, the masks are to protect other people. Well, since we're a selfish society, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's my, it's my freedom. It's Ugh. my right to not wear one. Well, what about the people that are around you? Yeah. You know, we care so much about uh, ourselves as a culture that uh, that we forgot that other people are what makes our makes us go. Yeah. You know, so just, just wear a freaking mask, man. It's and not so that hard. Again, like uh, whenever crisis happens, people with like the least amount of money or like the least resources are the ones who always like hurt, get hurt the most and stuff like that. So like. Again, if we're working in an area where kids have parents that are going out or if they have jobs, because a lot of them like might lose their jobs. But if they're like essential workers are going in situations where they're being exposed to COVID and stuff like that. And then their students are they have to send their students to maybe being exposed like it just hires the risk of like, again, like, why are we sending money to these private schools? Like we need to be using these schools to make sure that all our students have the resources that we can mm-hmm. do this technology Man, it's we could do it. I know we could do it. I know that. So yeah. it's just we got to wear a mask. We all got to do this first as a society, right? Um, and I think that, like, as a coach moving forward, like, I'm I'm just literally I'm I'm devoted to making sure that my kids know that they still have somebody that cares. Like yeah. every day, we're we're having conversations, and and I got a lot of kids right now that are feeling it, like. So you're feeling it too, and your kids. I'm sure there's plenty of them that they're they're experiencing a lot of things that like think about what we're going through. If we were teenagers, we'd have a difficult time processing it too. Like we can't even process it as an adult. No. So you got to make an environment that's going to be uh, accepting and and understanding. Uh, and I think like being a new coach entering in the, when you are, it's going to be a little challenging for you. Um, but, uh, but I have all, all the faith in the world in you. Oh, no, I think, I think well, I, I, I think, uh, I've connected. Well, some of the students I've had, we've had, or some of the, my players I've had as students and stuff like that. So that's kind of helped me like get built in my credibility and stuff like that. And so, mm-hmm. um, well, you got a, you got a good varsity coach too. Doran is, uh, not only is he a beast, Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also, he, he genuinely cares about the kids and he's a great guy. So well, we've had great discussions. I don't know if he, yeah. I don't know if he knows about the podcast or anything like that. Uh, and, uh we probably don't agree on a couple of things, uh, but well, that's okay. Though. Yeah, absolutely. That's as okay. history teachers, uh, we have to support that. Right. We're, right. I, I mean, I'm a first amendment, you know, like I, 
even if you're an idiot, you got. I guess you could say what you want sometimes, as long as it's not hate speech or something like that. But like, but I, I really think that that's the that's the problem though. That's what's going on in the society. Like, there's a lot of people that just don't want to try to understand the other point of view. Um, yeah, you know, we're we're too busy listening to ourselves and we're not listening to others and their perspectives. Um, and I, I mean, that that starts at the top, man. Look at the look at who's. Look at who's in charge right now. Yeah. Like, you want to talk about the most narcissist, narcissistical, like genuinely terrible person who could possibly be in charge. Um, and uh we have it right now. Like Okay, so this is the first I've heard you ever speak like this or anything like that. So I just want to make sure people know, like, as history teachers, we do everything we can to try to not persuade anybody one way or the other um based on what we believe our opinions or something uh so we have debates we give debate topics we try to let both sides research well oftentimes it's like not like we're not just like throwing out like well there is a current events class i believe and they might do more specific debates on like current topics like that like maybe abortion or something like that but like we have debates on like uh the imperialism uh, mm-hmm. so putting countries against each other and like for imperialism and against imperialism and stuff like that. It, I think that's amazing. I, I like, uh, I feel like kids really learn from that. It's kind of like for like, the, we were just getting in our role though. I think kids were getting better right. at it. You know what I'm saying? Cause this was new to all of us type of thing. And so mm-hmm. it took some time to get used to. And if we could have got to it a second or third time, I really think we would have saw some like, growth out of our students and because like uh the i'm not gonna bring any names up but like i want to reach out because the one like there's a young lady who man she could be a lawyer or something right. you know to, like you know the way she drew her points and like i want to like encourage her like holy crap like or a politician or something everything was well researched uh very balanced and uh honestly she carried her team yeah. uh, but uh I don't want to get her to be cocky or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? Like the right. way like, oh, but like well, you have something. Now you just got to work and but, believe in yourself. Right. Well, I mean, look, I, I'm we're on a podcast. I, I can share a little bit about about what I feel and how I feel it. But but it's like you said, I don't I don't need my kids or want my kids to think that uh, that I don't care about how the way they feel. Um, and there's, I gotta be honest, there's a few kids that, uh, that I, I just completely disagree with and it's really hard to bite my tongue sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're vocal you know, about but, it. Uh, like, yeah, like we can't, you know, right. like, I, yeah. I don't share, I don't share my political beliefs with my kids. Um, yeah. because again, like if they're, uh, if they're the opposition, uh, then I don't want them to feel like we can't have that discussion. And unfortunately in our world right now, like we're, we're pinned against each other. We're either yeah. alt left or alt right. <laughs> very divisive. <laughs> right. And yeah, it's like very confronting and they're trying to like, yeah. And so like, we need to allow a platform, right. To like allow people to express themselves right. and have a conversation and not, right. you know, we, because we're dealing with ahead, young kids. Ahead. First of all, we're dealing with young kids when we're working. Right. So like, who knows where they're getting their information from and stuff these days. Like we're living in a completely different world than when we were young and stuff like that. So like, we don't know what they're watching and what like 
rabbit hole they went down and conspiracy right. theory that's out there, like pandemics and stuff like that. Right. Well, <laughs> we talked at length about that, uh, that crazy, that crazy lady that, uh, you know, came out and said that COVID was created in a lab and started this whole conspiracy about it. And then come to find out she's an anti-vaxxer and has an agenda herself. And it's just, kids don't realize that, you know, yeah. they don't, uh, and, and rightfully so they're impressionable when they're teenagers, you know, and even adults, they're very impressionable. Absolutely. So, I think that's why it's important that you you need to hear other people's perspectives and try not to judge, be quick to judge and try to understand them. But so it doesn't mean that you have to agree. Yeah, it's hard. So I know it, it is. You're totally right. Right. But it's so hard not to judge. Right. Sometimes you're like, come on. Like, you're just like, come on. Yep. Yep. And uh, you know that there's been a couple of times where uh, I almost tripped up and I almost said the way I felt. And then I, I backpedaled a little bit in class like we all have those moments we're all human but uh i'm pretty sure it, it wouldn't take much like for the majority of our kids I, I i'm pretty sure it wouldn't take much for them to figure out uh which way that uh that we lean politically yeah um you know i i don't know i got a couple of political uh posters hanging up of politicians um i i don't think it would be that hard yeah. if they really thought about it but once well i, I mean as a 16-year-old or a 14-year-old, 15-year-old, I didn't know crap of right. what was going on, political or what, how the process, like, it's very confusing, like, really, when you, like, get into, like, how the government works and the checks and balances and what's actually allowed and the judicial right. system. And, I mean, it's hard to keep up with all of it, you know? Like, right. You hope that, well, like, everything's being okay and done the right way. But who's overwatching all this stuff? You remember being in high school and in college for you and, and thinking that uh, it, it couldn't get much worse than George W. Bush. I did. You know, right? like he was like, like the enemy. Like, like, oh. Right. You had all these uh, these conspiracy videos about him in uh, 9-11 and you're thinking, man, it, it just can't get any worse, man. It can't. And then, you know, 2020 was like, here, hold my beer. And like. Again, the the craziness that's what's going on right now in our society. Like, um, we are we are in for it if we don't if we don't correct that. Um, we got to start being. We start. We got to start listening to each other. Um, you know, there's there's some people who I'm close to that that do not understand the Black Lives Matter movement um, at all, and. They're very opinionated about like, oh, well, I, I can't believe you got people who are looting and rioting and all this stuff. And it's like, dude, you have to un you have to try to understand what a lot of these people are saying. They're not saying like the, the count contradictory. Well, all lives matter. Well, yeah, that's absolutely true. They're not saying all lives don't matter. They're, they're saying, though, that you have to recognize black people as human beings. Or people in color in general as human beings. And our country has institutionalized a lot of them. And, and we've worked against um, trying to trying to promote social mobility. Like, and that's something that we're dealing with on the front lines at, in the classroom. Yeah. You know, we're trying to promote all these kids of, of color, especially, that they don't have to live this way. And yet a lot of things in their lives are working against them. Yeah. You know? 
like uh, we, we had to have a discussion cross country uh, a couple weeks ago and where I sent my kids out on a run and they ran past a house that was flying uh, two flags on the Confederate. I mean, two Confederate flags on their porch. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of my kids uh, are, are of color and uh, they didn't appreciate it. And I being a being a white male, you know, I didn't notice it. Um, on the way there because I had to take a different street, but on the way back, uh, it made me feel uncomfortable. So we, we genuinely sat down and we had a discussion about it. And I apologized, um, that they have to live in a world where we judge people strictly on color. And, um, we, I, I told them we, we will not run past that house ever again. And, um, we had to acknowledge the fact that, just it sucks there's people in our world that are that ignorant yeah um yeah no that sucks yeah for our students to like see that and face that uh in their face when it's not needed and uh yeah it's uh it's difficult working sometimes because we have to have like these difficult conversations with our students um but that's how we that's we can't we have to address it right we can't just act like these things aren't there and they're not real um, but I think this generation we're dealing with Gen Z is a little bit different, you know, um, oh, yeah. they're much more active. Uh, I think they're being upset that TikTok's being shut down on and stuff like that, but they're using that for their activism actually, and to organize right. and stuff like that. So, um, right. I'm curious to see how they're going to fire back or can somebody just like create a new version of TikTok? I mean, I, I'm sure they can. like, we have, we have, 10 year old kids that can hack into things that FBI agents can't. So, you know, somebody's going to do it. It's I mean, only a matter of time. Can we just like have one with like less spying? Can we just create a, a platform with less spying? Like, so <laughs> I, don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, you, you can, uh, you can have a conversation with your wife about, uh, about shampoo. And then all of a sudden you open up your phone and there's like all these advertisements for, uh, Garnier Fruitis and oh yeah, you know, but uh, but yeah, it's a it's an interesting time to be alive. You know, I think that uh, I think that a lot of us because we were in quarantine, and uh, you know, I don't know if you watched the George Floyd video, but I, I couldn't even make it through it. Um, you know, it's important though. Like, it's important to have conversations with with people about it, and again, like. You can't necessarily change the way people view because they're they're entrenched in the world. But but it's important to have those conversations. You know, um, it's important to realize, especially people like look at us. We're I mean, me especially. You can see in the light right now. I'm as white as snow. Yeah, you too, man. You got a little bit more of a sunburn than I have right right now. But uh, I had one yesterday. It went away. But um, it's important for us to realize. Hey, man, it's it's a lot easier for people like you and me to get through the world. Yeah. You know, like, but a lot of people, they're, they're too ignorant to, to realize that it's, it's so much easier to, to just say that, Oh, I'm this way because uh, I pulled myself up on bootstraps. Yeah. You know, yeah. But, uh, absolutely. But no man, you had things working for you. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I'm hoping, um, because, uh, 
I've been, there's a great podcast called mask off uh, a few gentlemen from uh, the planet Ant, uh, farm team that I'm part of. Uh, but they're like four African-American gentlemen who do a podcast and they've been talking about their experience. Like, well, they, they started this 10 weeks ago or something, but you know, bef- I think that's before the Floyd, but anyways, like it wasn't their plan to be like discussing some of these things, but like um, it's been a great show to listen to and try to like listen to their perspectives. Um mm-hmm. The one gentleman talks about Daniel talks about like uh, just running, going out. Like he doesn't feel comfortable, you know, after uh, the Ahmed Aubrey situation where he was uh, tracked down and gunned by some civilians. You know, just like the thought, like so. I like I was running, listening to the Mask Off podcast, and he was talking about how he can't, like, he tried to get into running because he wants to be healthier and stuff, and then he had to stop again because he didn't like the whole seeing that kind of like you know, like, holy crap, like just, I never even, you know, I never, that's, I never thought about that. I just go run. I never thought no, like, no one's going to bother me. Right. Right. Well, here's, here's a prime example. I have a, I have a buddy who uh, he coaches in a very affluent area and he's African-American and um, you know, he's just coaching his girls and the majority of his girls are, are white um, and they were in a neighborhood and uh, somebody called the police on him. I bet. Somebody called the police. Like, are you, and thankfully the police were very, very kind and very respectful and understood the situation, but it's like, that shouldn't happen in 2020. No, You know, I I guarantee you, if I was there and doing and saying the same things, like he's not, he's a great coach. He's not bringing his kids or anything like that. But like, dude, that's, that's so infuriating to think that in 2020, you can't have an African-American coach who's coaching and doing a great job. Yeah. with white girls and, and not go under scrutiny or speculation, you know, and, yeah. uh, and, and the running world in general, like it's, it's, it's crazy. Like I had to, I have a few girls who, who are uh, black on my team and, and uh, like our league, I, I don't know how familiar you are with the, the down river league, but it's, it's very white, especially in the, uh, especially in the running sports. So I know that. Yeah, cross country especially. Um, so, you know, a lot of my girls, we had to we had to have an entire team conversation and be like, look, you know, a lot of us were were really different than um, than the rest of the teams, and and they don't make us feel. I don't think so. At least they don't make us feel uncomfortable for who we are. But we need to embrace the fact that we're different and mm-hmm. and embrace each other's. Um, you know, cultures instead of trying to fight it. And, but, uh, but a lot of my girls were like, yeah, running this sport, uh, it's a very white sport, you know, and, uh, lo- I, huh. Like, so yeah, very, very locally, the, the schools, are they more diverse? Like their backgrounds? Are they just not recruiting? Do you think to those two? What's, I don't know. I, I really don't. Um, I think I don't want you to that, speculate too much or anything like that. Obviously. No, I don't, I don't want to speculate. Um, I can say that the girls that I have that are on my team, um, you know, they thankfully they feel very comfortable with our team and stuff. But some of the interactions that we've had, and this is not specific to Downriver, but some of the interactions that we've had with some other teams, maybe they get some funny looks because you know they don't look like the runner that's next to them. And yeah, I, I think that. I think that uh, in order for all of our sports to move forward, that, you know, we have to acknowledge and understand that we're, we're different and that's okay. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, but, 
I, I remind them all the time. Like, think about Jackie Robinson. Like, all the stuff that Jackie Robinson went through, like, you're kind of doing that a little bit too. You know, you're not <laughs> – thankfully, you're not getting spiked when you're covering first base. But, yeah. uh, but you know, the, the uncomfortableness that you feel, like, you are making it that much easier for the girl that's coming up that's maybe in seventh grade that wants to run uh, in high school. Yeah. You know, like – like, uh, I don't know, but I think it's important, especially for you being a new coach, it's important for them to to understand that that you're comfortable with who they are. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and you can have those conversations with those with your kids. So one of the things I love is that, like, we, again, every district is different and every experience everywhere is going to be different. So I love being able to coach and be in the school, too. I think mm-hmm. that's important. I wish, you know, I, I wish I was like more, I wish more willing to maybe coach or something that we're like else, or you know, that'd just be ideal, obviously, if, right. you know, but uh, I think there's, a, there's an advantage to that, you know, being able to also teach in the school you're coaching at, I guess, or whatever. Right. But, uh, so, but I think it's crucial to us because um, we can't really go, we don't, we're not able to go recruit, you know what I'm saying? We're not going outside the district and like recruiting, like, Hey, come to no, the park. What's that? I said no because that's illegal. You shouldn't do that. I mean, it definitely goes on, but yeah, uh, it goes on. But I'm just like, like, so, but like, we like it, it. It's just not something. Yeah, it's just not something that happens. But like, we don't have right. the resources to like persuade people. Like, oh, we have. Look at all this funding we have. We don't have the alumni giving donate. You know, like giving back or something like that, as other schools might have. So like, we don't have the legacy of like maybe sending to college. Like, we're trying to build a lot of these legacies of programs right now and we're far from it but like obviously it starts somewhere so like um but you do a really good job of like encouraging kids who might not you would think they would think they would be interested in like doing a sport event or something like that and working with them at a level like so you guys were like it's so important to practice the basics and stuff like that. And you guys were just like to start off slow and stuff. Like I just, I loved it. I loved it. Um, it's hard to do that sometimes with kids. Cause they just want to go right to playing and like, do you know, but like, I want to go right to playing. <laughs> I want to so do that, the same. So that's what, exactly. So, um, right. so I, I, yeah. Right. So it takes, but that's not, you know, as a coach, it, it sounds like your mentor who you were talking about earlier taught you a lot. I'm assuming, uh, this right. is where maybe you've got some of your background knowledge from and stuff, which is okay. nice. That's why you, you should always go look for a mentor if you can, or somebody you can learn from in that field that you're trying to get better yourself at. If somebody's willing to, not everyone's always willing to be so nice. And uh, I, the running yeah. community, there's like everybody's willing to work with each other. It's it's a lot different than a lot of the other sports. You know, when I coached uh, when I coached football, there was no there was very little sharing of film. There was very little. <laughs> Hey, here's my playbook. No, but running is completely different. You know, I have no problem sharing my running plans with with people because every team's different. Every group is different. Like I prefer to start with fundamentals and teach my my kids how to run first properly and then kind of go from there. Um, But uh, but not every coach operates that way. I could use the benefit of running like properly. No one's ever really taught me how to run. You know what I'm saying? The basics, just go run. What do you mean? Right. Like how to run. And you know, thanks. I I appreciated the compliments that you said about the being an inclusive environment. I think that, uh, that our 
team, our program, both on the boys and the girls side, you know, I, I tend to look for the kids that have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder um, or they've been overlooked. Like one of the first things I do when, uh, when volleyball cuts kids, I go, I go through their roster. I mean, I go through who they cut and I, you know, two, I picked up two girls last year that are, are phenomenal human beings that I couldn't imagine our team without them now. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, you know, and that's, I think that's the beauty of where we're at is, uh, there's so much, there's so much room to expand and, and make it a, a, an inclusive environment. I think that's the the wonderful thing about being at Lincoln park. Um, you know, listen, a lot of my kids and they'll, they'll be the first ones to tell you they're, they're, um, we're, we're not the fastest team down, down river right now and, and that's okay, but we've gotten better every single year. Um, they they are the most supportive environment that you can be around and, and, uh, uh, they they recognize a lot of times when they need to be better. I don't even have to point it out to them. Um, but uh, but we're getting better. It's a it's a great again. It's, it's a I'm very humbled to be their coach. Um, and I think though that the uh, that the group that we have, uh, especially this year, uh, Lord willing, if we have a season, we're going to have a really good year. Yeah, really good year. I was excited for you guys in the springtime. For uh, yeah. track and field, man, you were working so hard. I was watching you, man. Uh, and that's what I love. I, I love being around that because that inspires me to do more. And I always look at myself, check myself, to like, okay, how how am I growing? What am I doing? So, well, well, that that uh, losing the track season really uh, that that literally ripped my heart out. Uh, we had sixty girls the first three days. You know, we were and we were fast too. We were ready to roll, like. Yeah. We were like like positive, um, like all the way around. I had like twenty girls who wanted to throw, which you know, throwing like I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like you're lucky <laughs> to get five throwers at most districts, and you know, but but again, I think that speaks to a lot to my kids and yeah. the culture that they've created. They they are accepting, and I met with them in February and I said, look, we're we, the, like the previous year, we only had 22 girls and that was the smallest team that we've had since I started. And granted, we were still better than previous years with, with more kids. But uh, I said, look, we need to change some things. Otherwise our program is dying. Yeah. And they responded to that challenge. They were ready to, uh, we were ready to go on and take on the league. We had more kids than, anybody else down river in terms of girls. So, and we were supposed to host a Friday night meet and uh, we were supposed to host leagues this year for track and we have brand new facilities. Thank you, Terry Dangerfield that, uh, and, and I can't forget about the school board as well. They did that too. <laughs> but, but you know, that, that, uh, that really ripped my heart out. That was really, really a difficult hump that I had to get over, you know, but, uh, but again, these kids are phenomenal. And, and even if we get the season ripped away from us again, it's they're they're the ones keeping me coming back. We got to keep going. Of course. Yep. Sure. Um, you just feel bad for the ones who, you know, are missing out on their opportunities, you know, who might, this might be their last hoorah and who've been working hard. Um, but no, I'm there with you. Like my goal is to like keep building strong programs to encourage that the whole school, you know, we got our first dis like the bowling team finally got our first, uh, like, was it like district or, or down river league championship? We got our first, right. got our first one. So that, right. that, 
Hey, I'm, I'm down for it, dude. I don't care what, what sport it is. Let's get them all, man. Like I want to keep encouraging that atmosphere, that culture that you're talking about in your program. Like, I don't care what you're doing. Just do something right. Like if you can extracurricular, like I get some students got to work, right? Like that's another issue that we, we got to deal with some of our students, you know, they got to focus on, well, I got to provide, I got to get money too. So I got to work, you know, like other, not all those districts, you know, the more affluent districts have to deal with that. Like they're, Parents are like just giving them money. Like, no, go focus on sports. Here's money to go get, go take some batting lessons from somebody or something, you know? So well, look, you got, you got to think about this, all right? Especially you're going to find this out being in, in the league that we are. Okay. There is our, our league is the collection of the haves and the have nots. Um, and it, it's the way you choose to look at it. Like we're definitely a have not in some regard, but the thing that we have working for us is the kids that uh, that stay in Lincoln Park, um, they genuinely want to be there. And uh, so you like, like I said, I recruit the kids with with chips on their shoulder that want to work hard, and um, and I throw out that challenge to others to other teams in our school. Like, yeah. look, you got to be as tough as we are. Um, and you guys and have I, a good GPA, right? Yeah, you really yeah. encourage. Uh... Do you have like the highest? Is, is it I don't know, is it the yeah. highest or last three last three years in a row we've had the highest GPA in in both track and cross country, which has been hard. So, but uh, but again, that's that's not me. That's that's the quality of the kids that I'm getting. And um, I always tell my girls like, look, you got to be tough in these races. And if we don't win, at least if there was a fight out in the parking lot, we're gonna win that. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, but they respond. They're they're, like, they're a great group of kids to be around. What you're just doing is like their life lessons, right? Even if it's running, like you're put, you're making them push themselves beyond like their mental capacity. You know, a lot of times it's your, it's most mental, right? That stops us from like it's mental barriers. Like we can usually run farther or run harder or something like that, but there's something in our mind. And I think that's why it's coaching so important or some a mentor, somebody who could get through to you to like, if you can't do it yourself, and I think young people, it's hard for them to do it themselves, right? They need direction, leadership, but also compassion, understanding, like when it is hard, because it's going to be hard, yeah. right? Well, uh, running, running is such a, uh, a, like you mentioned, a psychological sport. You know, I did, I did something the other day to kind of help my kids understand what happens to them when they show up to practice and they haven't drank water and they haven't eaten. Uh, on Friday, on Friday, I uh, I had planned to do what I called a dehydration run. So I gave, I gave them a running assignment. I chose not to drink water or not eat. Uh, like I stopped drinking water at like eight o'clock on Thursday night, and then in the morning I went around nine o'clock. And you know how hot it was on Friday. Yeah. Um, I went around nine o'clock. I went for a five mile run, fifty minutes. Um, you know, I gave myself like a nine minute and 10, 10 second pace. And I came out too hot, like a lot of my kids do. And I ran nine minute mile the first time around. Uh, and then like slowly as time went on, my each of my miles, the times increased. And I started to feel very fatigued. Like it was awful. And I couldn't even in my last 10 minutes, I had to like stop and walk a couple of times. And then I told them like, I like I documented everything for them so they could see it for themselves. Like, um, and, and I think they appreciated that. Like they saw, Hey, coach is a human being. And, 
and he's putting himself through the same struggles. Like any running assignment that I give my kids, I am willing to do. Yeah. Like I go and I do it for them. Um, And I I think that you're going to. Yeah. You know, because like I came from a place where I was really big and I wasn't, I couldn't run a mile or anything like that. Like, so I I know (laughs) where, what you can do. And then well, a short amount of time too. You know what I'm saying? Like you probably see it sometimes. Some of the progress when students like really like put themselves like and focus on like trying to improve like three months, you can really push yourself. Yeah. Well, that's the biggest thing that you have to get over when you run the psychological aspect of it. It's not the, yes, the physical aspect is a lot of it too, but it's mental. Yeah. You know, like, like um, one of my favorite stories is, is the world, record holder for the marathon and I'm blinking on his name. Um, he ran it in under two hours. And, um, the guy, one of the guys that he talked to that had ran it in like four hours and 24 minutes, he, he was telling him like, Hey man, you're the real MVP. Like I could never run for four hours, you know, but (laughs) yeah, but again, it's all, a lot of it is up there. Like, and on my own dehydration run, it was like, all right, I can do this. I can keep going. And then in the moments where I was like, oh, I got to stop. I got to stop. Like, yep, I ended up stopping. <laughs> I ended up having to walk from it, you know, like, but, yeah. uh, but I think that's, that's the great thing about being in running is, is you can see your times improve. You can see your progress and you feel better after you do it. Yeah. That's the thing. Like do something if it's, uh, yeah. And you feel better. Cause I think exercise is important and pushing yourself right through like, because a lot of it's mental um this yep. coming from somebody like i said i like in high school i played a lot of sports but i don't think i ever thought i could run three miles without stopping i could easily do that right like not easy, but like right. i could do five or six i could do five or six miles at like a little over nine minutes something pace um yep. which i've done recently that's unfathomable to me even as like a high school athlete and stuff like that but like that's just my own mental capacity because like i didn't i wasn't around anybody who was a runner or anything like that and didn't think that you know just wasn't a in my like yeah it just didn't make any sense i like to play and like we were just talking about like i just wanted to go play sports like i didn't want to do the basics or anything like that i probably need a little bit more fundamental practice in running the what you guys were doing (laughs) yeah yeah doing the fundamentals and you know we we have what what I call the a March progression where they just start off like getting their knees up to their waist and, and we just start slow and, you know, um, but, uh, but again, that's the great thing about um, the running is everybody kind of, again, I don't, we're not a cut sport. Like I don't cut any kid that yeah. uh, like a lot of kids cut themselves before I do that. I've never yeah. had to, I've never had to boot somebody off of the cross country team track I have. Yeah. But uh, but we're all just so supportive of one another, and um, you know uh, it's a it's a competing with yourself, not just competing yeah. with others. I love it. I love it so much. I love the competitiveness, and I love like because like especially because you never know what student just might have it or just like flip the switch and right. like oh holy crap, this is like it could change people's lives, and so. This is why more I, I want more funding for coaching and stuff like that. Like I would love to see more money into obviously funding schools and stuff like that. But like ex, the extracurriculars activities too, because I think it's so important for our students to bond through these experiences. If it's the arts, if it's or if it's through running or through soccer. Um, but yeah, these kids love it, man. And 
I want to go play. I want to go play this season so bad already. I just became the coach a few weeks ago and I'm like, I'm ready, dude. Right. Let's go do this. And um, you motivate me. And I, I use it as a motivation for this. I don't know how much you believe me or anything like that, but. Uh, <laughs> well, well, it was, it's funny that you brought it up. Like you said, a lot of our kids had to have to work and things like that. And, and honestly, coming from where I did, which I, I grew up very close to Lincoln Park, bordered Lincoln Park. Um, it was completely different worlds. Like, yeah, I had to quit sports because I chose to uh, work, you know, yeah. but I didn't need to work. And a lot of the kids that we have, they, they need to work. Like their parents yeah. are business owners or, or they're just trying to make ends meet. So as a coach, you have to take that in consideration. And I'm not going to say that that doesn't happen in, in a lot of other districts, but it doesn't happen on the same scale, you know, and yeah. Lincoln park, you got to work, and a lot of other places, you got to work twenty times as hard as the person uh, a city over yeah. um, to try to get maybe five uh, percent of the progress that they do. And you got to take your small victories in the fact that you're changing people's lives. Um, hopefully, that you're you're being an influential person and um, and you're somebody that they can they can genuinely look back on the time with you and they can see you as a positive person. Yeah. Um, and and I'm not I'm not perfect. There's been plenty of moments where uh, where I've screwed up, or maybe I've taken advantage, or or I've tried to push too hard because of the competitive nature that I have, um, you know. But uh, but at the end of the day, you you have to respect and love the kids that you have. You make lemonade, even though sometimes you're given limes, or or worse, you're given rotten lemons and. And uh, not not to say that I've ever gotten a rotten lemon at Lincoln Park or anything like that, but but you know it's a metaphor for yeah. for basically how we live our lives on a daily yeah. basis. But you said it like uh, I think that's why it's really important to like try to be come from like a good place and be transparent because we are yeah. going to make mistakes, right? And so we own up to yep. it sometimes. Maybe we get too emotional or too competitive or something like that. But like long as people your students or your athletes know where it's coming from like that's what's important to them and they they could realize that i think it's easy for them to realize that actually well, you're going to realize this too like um that uh that where where we coach at a lot of people outside of our district tend to look down on us um they tend to think that uh that we're trash um and it's it's not a it's obviously not true um, but we get a little bit of being a coach, you get a little bit of that. I'll show you temperament. And, um, you know, for me personally, I struggled with that in my first couple of years, especially with cross country. Um, but, uh, but my competitiveness, I had to learn that like, look, this is not about me. Like I, I had to, it took a long time for me to realize like, Hey, I got to take into account how my kids are feeling. And, um, you know, I can't want something more than they do. And, uh, like there was nothing more a couple of times that I really wanted to like put people in their place. But, but again, like you have to keep fighting the good fight and, uh, and knowing that what you're doing is making a difference and maybe not on the same scale that, uh, you're probably making a bigger impact in Lincoln park than you will ever know. And that's, yeah. that's a, keeps me driving forward i actually had a, uh, i don't even know what I, I can't remember what i said you know and you probably had it some you know where you're just like say, you say something and, and but like to a student they remember that 
and you don't even remember what you said or something like you said this and it was like you're like oh okay but like it's good right. but uh no like you just gotta be mindful because they are they want leaders right they want to be be helped and be successful and find people who are want to help them so um there's nothing but i'll say this again there's nothing more than i want to get back to normalcy of like getting in the classroom with you teaching history i love history and we could go and play some sports man like commentating for the i would love to go do some commentating like and stuff like that for the football team man right Uh, i I think it'll be it'll be a good opportunity for us when we get back in the classroom it'll be a great opportunity for us to uh again try to help these kids uh heal from all this that's going on it's going to be a big adjustment it is uh I mean, yeah, that's the, yeah, that's going to be, uh, I'm curious to see how the second half of this year, we still have a half a year left. So, uh, <laughs> I'm curious to see what else, uh, what else could happen. Um, it, it will be, if the election goes a certain way in November, uh, it will basically be the cherry on top for a, a very interesting year. You know, let's just, uh, I don't know what way you, I just want to clarify, like, there's a lot, I I am for a lot of political changes and stuff like that. I do not Uh describe myself as a Democrat or a Republican. Uh, I feel like we, it's a very frustrating um, system. I'm looking for like rank voting. I feel like there's a lot of things that we could approve upon and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm very frustrated with the system and stuff like that. I will never, uh, yeah, let's just leave it at that. Uh, yeah. but I, I will say if you're, if you're asking me, uh, which way, which way I lean, I am, I am far more progressive yes. uh, than I am a moderate. Um, I am not to the extreme that you are in our conversations that we've had. Um, but, uh, but again, like I, I try to see other people's points of view. Um, I, I am fed up with what's going on in Washington. Um, you know, t- they talked about draining the swamp. Well, I, I don't see the, dr- the yeah. swamp draining. I've, I've seen it. It basically became a uh, massive lake well, into an ocean of just utter crap going on. Well, what just happened, the transfer of wealth that just happened the last six months is crazy between all the money oh, that yeah. the stimulus that they've passed in mm-hmm. Democrats benefited off that too including like pelosi's husband got like they received millions of dollars so all these people are being exposed they don't even care though anymore it's almost like they're flaunting it it's just like whatever what do you got to do about it now um right like we're going to be on the hook for all this money like and my worry is that the unemployment's about to end soon uh that like that the house evictions are about to end soon like all so all this stuff unless there's gonna uh they're supposed to they have like couple of weeks left unless they plan on building more stimulus it sounds like they are but like they want to reduce it to what like the go- local governments need a lot of money um right like and the people need money and like people aren't getting their jobs back and i really don't feel like in our necessarily like like who's buying cars right now so i feel like the big three is going to be hurting right. really bad and if the big right. three go down in this area we're really going to be seeing the economic effects to the uh, citizens of Michigan, not just through those three, those three companies and the, like the, 
all the companies that are just associated right. with that around right. here. Well, there's that um, there's that old timey corruption that you talked about that's going on still in Washington. It doesn't matter what party you're a part of, you're gonna find some dirt. Um, but uh, but the fact is that there should have been way more done for the average person, the small business owner, um, yes. than than there has been to give to uh, millionaires and billionaires. You know, at the end of the day, like even a person making a million dollars, do they, do they really need, uh, do they really need taxpayer money? No, they don't, you know? Um, and, uh, but it just comes from a, a fact that a lot of them are out of touch with what is going on, uh, in their communities. They don't care. Um, you know, there was one, one thing that Pence said the other day, uh, that, that was, uh, well, if kids go back to school, uh, 0.02% of the, uh, of the population of children will die. That's a, that's a risk we're willing to make. What, what? That's it's still 0.02% of the, of the population of children. That's at least still 15 to 20,000 kids. Yeah. You know how that traumatic that would be for like, yeah. not only that, like, like and then other kids got to deal with like, like understand, like that's right. very traumatic for like a school, you know, you, when it's anytime a school loses a student or something like that, man, like there's therapeutic things that students need to go through and just grief. Well, and you know, part of my, part of, part of my response to that was like, well, of, of course you don't care. Your, your kids aren't, aren't, uh, yeah. having to worry about, uh, exactly. going to a public school. They could, you could hire private tutors. You could, you know, they're, Kids that look like me, they're they're of privilege. Like, you don't care because they're probably kids of color, you know. Like, you don't really care because you don't have to deal with them. Yeah, you know, and it's like the forcing I, of school. I, I feel like it's a straight economic point of view is what they're trying to do. They feel like in order to keep people working or going to work, that their kids need a place to go to. So we got to force the schools, and it's just not prepared. It's like so. Uh, I'll be curious I, to see I'm how not, these plans. Go ahead. I was going to say like fiat currency, the way it works is that it's, it's worth something because the government says it's worth something. So by printing, by continuously printing money, you're not creating the inflation in the same problem that you would uh, if we were backed by like a gold standard or a silver standard, like we could print the money if we really wanted to, yeah. but Oh, we have so far. It just we haven't gotten it. We know we got the twelve hundred dollar check. Most of us, or even some people, probably didn't even get that. And some people yeah. are getting unemployment, but like that's all going to end up soon. That's nothing though. Like compared to right. what that costs, compared to what we gave everybody else, and like it's nothing. And we should be demanding more. It's our money. Um, like if they got money, they should be paying their employees still. Like Germany didn't have, doesn't have the unemployment issue, and they don't have the the spike in like countries did this successfully and still did. A good job economically they have a six percent unemployment rate like right we lost jobs and i don't know when they're coming back um economically we need a big stimulus and we'll see if they do anything they have a couple of weeks it's going to be soon i'm worried about people being evicted i don't know if that's a lincoln park issue at all like i don't know if people are behind on their their mortgages or rent so, so. not to give up 
too much information regarding that, but my wife is a social worker and she works in housing and they dealt with a lot of the money that was put aside for the CARES Act. Um, and uh, a lot of that money's gone. Yeah, they spent it and they still have uh, hundreds of applicants that they can't, they can't do anything for. Oh yeah. So, you know, uh, hopefully it's not just an economic stimulus. Hopefully it's a political stimulus. Hopefully people can actually show up to the polls and, and really show these politicians that we're not going to take this much, much longer. Yeah. You know, we're not going to take the common just garbage that's been going on in Washington, even before this administration. Some of these protests are heating up, man. And like some of these uh, cities like L.A., I don't know if you've seen like that. They've been uh, protesting Mayor Garcetti and stuff like that. And they're going to their houses and like put, like they're putting the pressure on, man. Like people are fed up. And if you don't give them money or jobs, like something, a basic living, like you're just going to see more and more people add on to these protests. And while you can't just give money to the top people, you can't give our taxpayer money and those people right here, uh, the top 1% out of all the unpaid taxes, they're responsible for 70% of the unpaid taxes. Like they know how to get, they don't even pay their taxes properly. Right. And, well, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Man. I, I was just going to say, I, I just don't understand. Um, again, it goes back to the first thing that we talked about, like just having a basic sense of caring about the other person, you know? Uh, and a lot of these politicians are proving that they do not care about you and they're showing it in the way that they vote and the decisions yeah. that they make. Yeah. Um, so hopefully people are going to be fed up with this. Hopefully people are going to be fed up with the fact that, uh, you know, African-American men especially have been suppressed for as long as they have. Um, you know, it, it is a, it is an absolute tragedy to think what has happened to our quote-unquote minority populations in our country um you know we have systematically made uh government the government has systematically made ways to keep people of color suppressed for a very long time you know you go back to the urban housing um and uh you go to the the crack epidemic and the war on drugs like and how many disproportions it is with the people of color who are incarcerated versus white people. Yeah. You know, it, it's completely unfathomable to think that like we live in a society in 2020 where it's just, we're not, we're not all free and equal. It's, you know, that's why it's so interesting to be teaching history, world history, right. where we do in a time that we do, uh, as history teachers, we usually don't, I don't feel like we usually get like the, the credit. Like we're, I, you know, I, my experience with history teachers, I feel like they did really do a very good job. I don't mean to call anybody out, yep. but that's just my experience. So um, they're not, they don't go to the same standards or held to the same standards almost. It feels like, or as uh, math, English and science. Sometimes it's like the, the fourth one out of the main four, you know, kind of like hockey or something. It's like hockey out of the main four sports or something. Well, <laughs> well, I love hockey and I love social studies, but, uh, you know, like, look, you're going to find, it doesn't matter what subject you're going to find that, uh, that there's people who are great at their job and there's people who are not. Unfortunately, in your experiences, you found a lot of people who are social studies teachers that did not empower you. 
Um, me, myself, I've, I found a few of those in that case, but I was also very fortunate in some of the teachers that I had that made it more fun and made it discussion based. And that's what we're trying to do. You know, if we go, if we go back uh, in the fall, you better believe we're going to be drawing a lot of comparisons to what's going on in our country right now. Yeah. You know, like it's going to be really hard, especially I know for you to keep your opinion out of it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. When we read Animal Farm again, uh, that's right. always interesting to see the takes from that. Uh, it was so difficult to not draw comparisons to Trump the whole time we were reading that. Yeah. Like, I mean, there were several times where I started a sentence and I looked up at you and you were just kind of like giving me the look like, don't do, it. Don't, do <laughs> it. don't do it. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'll shut up. But no. it, the kids are finding those those comparisons on their own. Yeah. And I think that's that's the rewarding thing about our job is is we can encourage them to see without ha- actually having to say it, we can encourage them to see the similarities to what's happening in the world around them. I'm excited because I think we're getting better as teachers and working together. I just I don't I feel like we're gelling better and how we could help our it's just I just want to be back to teaching, back to sports, yep. man. Like, yep. um, so, but I'm glad to get to talk to you, you know, over this time. Sure. Um, I'm looking forward to working on the curriculum a little bit more. Uh, if we mm-hmm. have to make more videos, maybe we could do, you know, make videos. I mean, I'm getting better yeah. at this kind of stuff. So we could have yeah, this not nearly as long. No, not nearly as long no. as this. Come on, high school kids would not let no, we gotta make TikTok videos for the high school TikTok, kids. We gotta have yeah, we gotta, we gotta do dances. Oh, you're gonna do dances and we'll lip sync and uh well i heard i don't have it anymore but uh there's like some kid who's like really good at like teaching math lessons or something on there and interesting yeah so you know maybe there's something behind that or whatever i get i deleted tiktok so i can't but uh they're maybe, still listening to you don't worry about it yeah right there's probably still spyware on my phone giving to the oh, yeah. communist party over in china Oh yeah, for sure. I can't go to China sure. or Russia. I can't go to either because I've just talked too much crap about both leaders. And uh, yeah, oh, I'm sure that I'm sure that you will be able to find some information like Snowden did, and Russia will uh, welcome you with open arms. Nah, no, I'm not trusted it. No, <laughs> no, I just I don't trust I don't trust those governments, man. I don't. No way. If you speak out, like, and it's been happening here, like. Oh, I don't know if you know this, but I am. I've been talking to somebody with the News Herald. I'm hoping to like bring them to like the school and try to have like uh, do more like writing involved. Maybe it's like sports, even like just whatever, starting a school newspaper and stuff like that, or investigative. I really think we need investigative journalism, and we need to encourage yeah. people um, to do that. And if we could teach people, I don't know how to do it necessarily. You know, a million percent agree with you on that. I think that uh, I, I would we've talked about this before several times that uh, a multimedia class like what you're doing, um, I think, could be a part of that. And, yeah, you said investigative journalism. Who doesn't love uh, finding people, you know, breaking open a huge story? Yeah. Like, right? who doesn't want to Imagine being a high school kid and finding a story stuff like that. You got like, you know, so having that opportunity to like. They love to expose as much Uh, as they can. Right. Oh, yeah. We we better watch out. We got to scrub everything at our. (laughs) (laughs) Look at this hit piece I did on Mr. Hurley High. Whatever. You're going to keep digging. You'll find some stuff, I'm sure. uh, I'm very vanilla, though. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I wish I was more exciting, right? No. 
Right. Well, luckily during our like younger ages, we didn't have like video all around us and stuff like that. So, oh my god, you remember like like I can't imagine. I know we say no photos or videos in class. I'm sure our kids have gotten us in the oh, most. Oh, dude. Listen, right. I know Weird. one of them. I, one of them, because I, I I figured I look. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, what is this TikTok stuff? I gotta like check this stuff out. Uh-huh. Right? So they could do things where they could like rewind, like have you say so, record you say something, then like rewind it. So they'll like uh, uh-huh. somebody asked me to say something, and I said it, and like I learned after they were probably recording. Somebody was recording me, and they got me saying so like. Say something like in my butt or something. You know how like those are like. Oh my gosh! But you like took not the bait, that, man. But like saying right. that backwards, right? Like saying tub right. and how whatever it is. But then they right. recorded. I'm like, what? And then yeah, so they got me. I never. I when they asked me to do something like that, I never do it because I you know, don't fall I for know. it. Oh, dude. I know. Well, trucky, but they they never get the good moments too. They never get like the the moments where you actually like look good. Like in the student teacher basketball game, when I put the kid on his butt. Like, <laughs> of course, nobody's ever going to get that, but they're going to get the one where I like miss a free throw or something. You know, like uh, they, yeah. It's but, fun uh, teaching, but, though. I I have a lot of fun teaching there. Like I can't express that enough. I um, think that a an investigative journalism class would be incredible. Yeah. So I'm hoping Frank, I, I, I kind of sent out a message to Frank or something. Because he's been writing a lot of pieces. Uh, I don't oh, want to yeah. butcher Frank's name, but like Frank Vladilewski. So he writes for like the News Herald. And yeah. he was writing for another art or like something else too I saw him post. And so like uh, he's always doing a good job. Like that's a hard job, man. Investigative journalism is not easy. Probably don't not get my pay. But he was also doing like, dude, Frank, I don't understand how he like is able i don't know if he sleeps at all because he was doing all of the sports downriver, all yeah. of them well i had him on the it's show just, yeah he talked about how like they had to make cuts and stuff like that and yeah like how much work this guy's i mean thank god for technology and stuff like they even make this even possible because there was but yeah he's doing a lot and that's why i would like to like have him if we can like build some type of coalition or working together and like having our students learn i think it would be so important you know like to have them doing live video if they can or something just learning how to do that stuff is important right. you know so i can bring the uh the acting or the the te- the talking skills and like there's i don't know so i'm excited that's why i like learning some of this stuff so i can help then teach other people how to do it that's what expires or not expires um but yeah motivates me to, to learn this stuff is i can then maybe teach other kids and who knows what they can do you know like kids are amazing they really are like what they could do sometimes like like they just like you're like holy crap! Like I didn't even think of that. So, um, yeah, no, dude. Uh, All right, let's, let's see. Um, do you think they're gonna play sports? You think like what do you think's gonna happen? Okay, being a being a coach, uh, my kids knowing how things went, especially track season, we're being cautiously optimistic. Okay. You know, every day at practice, and I'm sure you can attest to this, every day at practice, uh, you try to make it as fun and as uh, inspiring as you can on a day-in, day-out basis. But in the back of your head, you're thinking, oh, okay, this could all be over in an instant. So with that in mind, um, I'm not I'm not completely 100% convinced one way or another. Um, I think – Fortunately, with cross country, um, you can keep some space. But our biggest problem is not the space itself. It's not 
it's not the competition. It's, it's the facilities where we're at. You know, you can't have somebody come in and, and clean out the bathroom every time somebody goes in, you know, um, it's just not realistic in some regards. So again, we're, we're talking about this on, on July 12th and in a month right now, things could be completely different in one way, shape or form, you know, right now it's trending in a very negative direction. Uh, but, uh, but in the same regard, uh, I hope and pray that there's, there's sports in the fall. Um, I'm like you, I'm not, uh, I, I'm, I'm a huge sports fan and, um, selfishly I, I can't wait until baseball comes back um yeah you know but we it, you, we have to have a functioning society in order to have sports right, right? like the first things first we got to make sure we have this thing down and we're wearing masks like because otherwise we're just going to endanger families and stuff like that and our loved right. ones and like nobody wants to go through that that type of grieving and stuff like that because that could be any of us that could be our colleagues and stuff you know what i'm saying like right. There, there are so many elements to how much financially it's going to cost to have sports socially distance, especially, you know, um, where we're at, you have to bus your kids uh, to, to sporting events. We don't, we don't have enough kids who drive. We can't, we can't have parents driving because that creates an even bigger problem. Like you have to. Um, so since we have to bus kids, and you have to keep them socially distanced. You can only fit on a 52 passenger bus. Like you can only fit like 10 kids. Right. Well, my team, you know, um, both, both the boys and the girls, we have over 20. So like economically, that's going to be a disaster for a lot of our programs. Like, I don't know the logistics of it for sure. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, I know. Um, it's, talked about flip-flopping sports you know having the spring sports in the fall and the fall sports in the spring and that doesn't that doesn't solve a lot of the logistical nightmares you know i really think they're yeah they're 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 only thinking about football and and that's okay football's your money maker yeah but But like what about major league teams and stuff like that you think they're going to be able to play full seasons their seasons out and stuff like that i think they have a way higher chance of, of playing it, you know, they, you can control the environment of professional sports versus amateur sports. Um, you know, college football, I don't see how that's going to work. Um, I hate to say it cause I'm a huge college football fan. Yeah. Uh, but again, you know, like this is not about how we selfishly want things to be, you know, I can watch a game on ESPN classic. It's not the same thing by any stretch of the imagination, but, uh, you know, we, we bared it through. And if it means that, uh, if it means that people are going to be safe then then who cares? Like I, I'm concerned. I don't know. Cause like, what if there is an outbreak on a team or something like what happens? There, you know will, what I'm be. Saying? there, there will be absolutely. Um, there will be an outbreak and they'll have to adjust, but those are professional sports. Um, you know, this isn't high school sports. Like, uh, like I, like I said before, I think that we have a much like, Again, not to sound negative because I try to be a very positive person. Um, there's so many logistical things that we have to work out and put into consideration before we can even fathom. Like, you know, we have our, our first meet is going to be theoretically in a month and a half. Yeah, in a month and a half time. 
A lot could happen. Man. It's just crazy how much could happen now in a month and a half time. Like that seems like eternity. Like right. I'm looking at this week and I'm wondering, watching the numbers, you know what I'm saying? Like locally, if they start spiking and stuff, do we got to start like, okay, guys, maybe we can't practice, you know, like, you know, when do we start stepping in when, you know, cause it's, these are some crucial decisions. I kind of think what's going on right now. Luckily in Michigan, we're a lot nicer than other places, but we're still not trending in the right way. Yeah. I think that Michigan we've done a, like governor Whitmer has done a, a great job uh, in the fact that she, she made very tough decisions that nobody wanted to have to do. Uh, she made a lot of people angry. Oh yeah. Um, they call her governor Whitler. Like, that was absolutely absurd. Don't don't give me this crap about how she's taking away your 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 rights. Like this is not Nazi Germany. This is not an authoritarian regime. Yeah. Uh, you are still able to go outside. Um, quit being selfish and stupid. Just wear a mask. Um, is it that big of a deal? Like you don't have to. Like, but I, how do they expect I people? Think... How do they expect people to go to schools and wear them all day? They want students and teachers to wear masks all day, but we can't even have society wear a mask into Kroger for a little bit. Well, well, how do you, and as a teacher too, and as an administration, how do you support um, kids' fundamental beliefs uh, if they try to question it? You know, um, I, I think personally, I, I should say that in order for you to enter, um, you have to believe that uh, that that keeping a mask on is the right thing to do. Um, and, uh, if you can't, if it's your fundamental right still to an education, but you're going to have to do it at home. Um, I think that, uh, though I get really, really, uh, agitated when I'm in, not outside. I don't, I, I, I don't care so much about that, but if I'm in Kroger or if I'm, uh, you know, out and about and inside in a store and you're not wearing a mask, I, I, I have to admit, I get pretty upset. Like I do too. And I, I feel like I'm a pretty even kill guy. Like I don't get like, like it takes a lot to get me to get upset, but I, that is something that I, I get a feeling of frustration when I see happen. I just I'm like, what are you doing? Just wear a mask. Like, what, what, what right. are we doing? I got to argue right. with you. Like someone's got to argue with like, what's going on? What is, what is right. Follow like, I'm a rule breaker, man. I hate authoritarian. Like, you know, like, I don't like, I like right. people's freedoms and stuff, but like at some point we got to be a collective too and try to figure out right. like play some rules that could benefit all of us in a mask. I feel like benefits all of us. This is not a, this is not a political issue. This should have never been a political issue. It's a health issue. Um, and you look at countries like your uh, countries in Europe and uh, you see how they follow the guidelines and look magically their life is starting to return to normal there. I have friends who live in Germany and uh, they can't believe some of the stuff that is going on here. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know. It's not, it's not that hard to wear a freaking mask, bro. It's really not. Um, it's really, I mean, like, yeah. Is it uncomfortable? Absolutely. It is. My glasses fog up <laughs> so much, yeah. but at the same time, I'm willing to do it to keep other people around me safe. And, um, you know, if I'm asked to go back in the fall, um, thankfully for us, like I, I have, both of my parents still alive and uh, we'll, we'll try to adjust and, and make sure that just like we did under quarantine that, uh, that I'm keeping them safe, but I'm going to wear a damn mask because it's the, it's oh, yeah. the right thing to do. Oh yeah. I care about my fellow man. 
But I just don't yeah. like, but do you think students, all the students, like it's not possible to have every student, like you expect them just to wear the mask the whole, they're going to pull it down. They're going to go to the bathroom. Like, how do you keep the bathroom clean and stuff like that? Like you were saying, like, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm glad we don't have to make these decisions. Luckily, we're not uh, the paid people that are making these difficult and ever changing. Like you're going to make one plan right now. And that's just like right now, right? Like, Absolutely right. Like I, uh, when I went through and the MHSA came out with all their rules of how we were going to be in each individual phase that we had to follow. Like I wrote, I took notes three different times on what to do because I wanted to make sure I was doing it right. And then that was on a Friday. And then the next Monday, the governor came out and loosened the restrictions. And it was like, Oh, oh, all these things blew up now. And now I got to adjust my practices. But uh, you know, as far as, keeping control of kids like i don't have that answer unfortunately like i'm just gonna do as i'm told and i'm gonna try to but i feel like we're two people who are straight like we have pretty good classroom management stuff like especially when we're together like and same thing with mr like but i don't think that's always the same in every type of situation and stuff like that so like i got to be concerned about what's going on in all these other classrooms. You know, I can only, I know what's going on in my classroom, but what about the three other classes a student was in before I'm seeing him? You know, well, it's just, it comes back to, again, you can only control what you can control. Yes. You know, um, and, uh, and, and you can control what happens in your room uh, to a certain extent. Um, you know, every, if we're back in school, um, you better believe if we're wearing masks, we're not going to be at full capacity anyway. Um, you know, but, uh, but those kids that are there for you, whether or not you're wearing a mask, um, they, they need to know that you're going to be there and support them. And, um, you know, I, the way I'm going to try to rationalize it to kids and I'm just going to be like, look, this, you got to keep it on. Like, we're not trying to be rude. We're not trying to be mean, but, uh, but it's going to be what's necessary to keep each other safe right now. And you have to, sometimes in life, you have to abandon the way that you feel to order to, uh, to advance society. Um, I also feel like it's part of our ownership though, as teachers in our union to make sure that we're fighting for all the funding that we think we deserve that is needed for everybody. Um, because like I was saying, uh, in the very beginning, the CDC is saying that this is the highest risk, like of all the things you can do, this is one of the highest risky things you can do is sending kids back to school for passing this thing around. So we need to acknowledge that. And if that is the case, like we're going to need probably a lot of money to, to sanitize yep. everything, to have the proper, like, like there's just, it's going to be, it's going to need money. So I'm curious to see what Congress right. and Senate do over the next couple of weeks. Uh, for this next stimulus, they're saying this might be the last one. So, uh. look, man, like right now, take each day as it comes. Think about the think about the the kids that you deal with, and I. What days are you practicing? We are uh, Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. Okay, so those Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays that you're together, you have to think about making the most out of those. Does it suck having to clean the ball? Does it suck having to clean all the, like for me, does it suck having to clean all the jump ropes and everything like that? And taking a break to sanitize everything, 1,000%, I can say yes, it does. But at the same time, like you are getting those kids away from the situation that is tearing our society, not just the kids up. So 
if that means that we have to be uncomfortable for a while, if that means that you have to take extra steps to make them safe uh, in our classrooms, then that's what we're going to do because that's why we went into this business in the first place. It's, yeah. like, again, it wasn't certainly for the money, even yeah. though we're certainly fortunate where we're yeah. at to – but again, I think it's on us to make sure we support all of the teachers in the you know yep. the country and the state of making sure they're getting their support that they need to you know. Um, that's what's important of a union, right? Like we all got to be like working together, and we kind of lead. I think we're leaders in that, and that's why you know we fight for the best contract and stuff like that. Absolutely. So absolutely, ninety nine percent support, right, and stuff. So we're very proud of that, and you need that stronger support when it comes to negotiating with these high leverage situations and to get everything that we deserve. It's also going to be on individual parents too, to decide if it's the best thing for their child. I yeah. mean, fortunately for me, all, all of my kids with the exception of a few have been back. And, um, you know, I think a lot of parents they're, they're ready to send their kids back. Um, and I'm ready to have their kids back. Um, I think everybody, uh, I think everybody's ready, but what does the science say? And what do the professionals in those fields say, you know, yeah. because if it's up to us, yeah, we, I would plan, <laughs> you know, but I'm also somebody who wants to follow the data and yeah. be safe, safety first and compassion first for all the ones who might, you know, who could really be affected by this. And that could be us. We don't know. We don't know how many, right. we know somebody who had it, right. So uh, a yeah. friend of a friend or a friend. Yeah. So, um, and it's not easy. It could be really damaging and hard and difficult. Even if you make it, you know, it's not something right. you want to go through 20% get hospitalized and stuff like that. So, um, this isn't the flu, yeah. even though I've heard people still say that, like, Oh, it's just the flu. I want to punch you. Would you say that? You're probably not wearing a mask either. Would you say it? So, uh, you know, like that's just, again, it's, it's, this should not be a political issue, and it is. Um, yeah. But so all we can do is try uh, to pass the information, the science, to our students of what we think, you know, and just be safe. Because um, I, I worry about their families. I really do. You know what I'm saying? So um, well, it's it starts from the leadership. The leadership at the very top. The very top, we, we've seen that uh, that the person who's in charge, um, oh, dear, oh, dear God almighty. Uh, was not the correct person for this uh, for this current situation that we're in. And thankfully and, uh, for our school, I was just thankful for yeah. our school. Like we 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 have such a great leader. I feel like he's more compassionate than me. Sometimes I get jealous. I'm like, oh man, he's doing more than I could even think of doing. You know what I'm saying? In this situation and understanding and like like when we're afraid of being pushed back and stuff like that. So far, our leadership, our, I don't again, whoever's at the negotiating table has done a really good job of making sure the safety of everybody is the first thing. So, um, very fortunate in the local and the state governments where we have people who are looking out for our best interests and they're not looking out for the best interests of a few. Like, I would hate to be in Florida right now. Holy moly, their yeah. governor, DeSantis, when he was declaring it a victory a few weeks ago and stuff because they reopened, like, dude, you're an idiot, man. I, like, you seriously. Um, you know, uh, my uh, sister-in-law lives in Georgia. Their governor refused to even acknowledge it. And look at what's going this, uh, on now. Governor, is it Kemp? Brian Kemp? I, I believe it's Brian Kemp. Know. DeSantis is out in Florida. Um, these places are getting hit hard, man. And it, it, it's everywhere. We can't we can't even trace it anymore. It's being so – I don't know. That's enough. That's enough. <laughs>
Right. Uh, you know, you just, just gotta gotta take a step back, take it take it day by day. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, we have good days, we have our bad days, but at the same time, at least we're all kind of going through this at once. You yeah. know, we're going through it together, and hopefully, it's going to be the only time in our lives where we uh, we have to go through this. And hopefully, we all learn more compassion and reach out to each other and help each other. I know there was a tough situation that happened yesterday in Detroit. There was an, a police shooting. Um, but so the police shooting happened, the gentleman died and there was information that got out, uh, through people saying that the guy was unarmed and a lot of stuff. Uh, but there was video that was the quickest I have ever seen footage, police cam dash cam come out ever. Um, of course it is to the benefit of the police side and stuff like that. I don't think this would ever happen necessarily if it was the other you know on the other end of the spectrum um so i will say that being prefaced is that i do feel like this because but it was helpful i feel like because this could have caused this could have helped prevent escalating um the video Mm -hmm. showed the gentleman pulled out a gun and shot at the gentleman police officer's head three feet away it looked like he fired two shots before he was then shot after and stuff like that so while police brutality is happening and stuff like that and we want to be aware of it and we want to fight the good fight and protest. Um, this situation did look like where, unfortunately, I would say that, you know, you got to shoot back. I, I don't know what else you do. You expect a police officer to do in that situation when literally a guy pulled out a gun and shot at the police officer's head two feet away. So um, mm-hmm. the video got out and it, I, it seems like from what I know, I, I maybe I have to relook into it, but it seems like, uh, Things de-escalated. There are still some protests and things going on and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, all humans are involved in all this. So uh, check on people, check on people's mental health. I think therapy is something we need to push for more, be, you know, more normalized to people and stuff like that. I know growing up, like I never thought about taking therapy. Um, nobody even, no one even ever asked me to take therapy either. You know what I'm saying? Like, so um, I think normalizing that and talking about having these discussions and our feelings and stuff well, help us all. Um, well, I, th- I also think that uh, that it's important to, again, going back to recognizing both sides. Um, I, I understand why there's so much vitriol and there's so much, uh, you know, concern of of police brutality and things like that. I mean, it's right there. It's all out there in the media for for people to see. And, you know, but uh, but at the same time, that's a very, very, very small percentage of police um that operate that way and we we growing up we don't see police officers as uh human beings you know who who have feelings or or they they they're like us they get adrenaline rushes they sometimes don't always make the best decisions like but at the end of the day you know i i have several friends who are police officers i've played hockey with several of them and None of nobody who I know, um, who is a police officer, thank God, would ever operate under the assumption that's because of somebody's race, uh, they're up to no good, or, um, you know, but but it's just like teaching too. You you can get in yourselves into situations where maybe you're misinterpreted or something that you did, um, might not necessarily be take be taken the way you intended it. Um, so do I think that people being under scrutiny of the police officers is warranted? Absolutely. 
Uh, but I also think that it's important to understand and recognize police officers as human beings, you know, and uh, that most of them, just like everybody else, have the best intentions that we shouldn't. I'm saying this as a white man, and uh, you know, <laughs> so take it for what it's worth. But most of them have the best intentions in mind. I think it's more systems in place, right, that allow this kind of right. to perpetuate and stuff like that. And the, that's why we need to have these discussions of reform. And like, you can't just let have guys immunity, just like getting away with that, you know, certain guys getting away with everything. And um, so more transparency and stuff like that, for sure. Um, but I think, you know, we talk about in our history class about like the funding of our military and stuff like that and how much money we spend on our military complex and weapons. And then when you look at city budgets, when you have budgets that are 50% or more, Policing, you know, it's like I, I feel like it's like kind of like shows you what our focuses are as a country and we could divert right. some of that money. I know Bernie Sanders is trying to get 10 percent of that military budget cut. And man, what if we had educational facilities and like uh, athlete facilities for our schools, like to really do great things for our students? And like, that's what I would love to what see. If, what if we what if we could offer more mental health services? Yeah. Screen social kids. workers. Um, yeah. screen I, kids. I've seen people make fun of social workers and stuff. Like I've been in situations at school when I worked in Detroit, I've had multiple situations where we had, to, we actually had to call police. They came in a long time. And this was actually, I will say, I do think uh, the police officer, uh, Craig, police chief Craig has do, been doing a good job since he's been there. Um, uh, but like when I first was working in Detroit and stuff, we called the, the police and it would take forever to come. And we were school. We were, you know, like, a, so, um, but I've seen some crazy situations, but the, the cops on multiple situations told us, I don't know how you guys can do this. Like, they were like amazed that we worked with like these students and like, like what that tells you where the money needs to be going is to be people to like actually work with them hands on educationally, or like, like we said, through coaching. I, I think coaching is huge. A lot of these kids love right. sports or art or band or whatever your outlet is. You can find somebody who's similar to your personality and mentor and stuff. Like those are the like programs that I would love to see for our kids to grow. Right. Well, we spend so much. I think we spend something ridiculous, like ten times more on incarcerating people than we do on yeah. education. Um, um, we spend twenty-seven thousand dollars more per person in prison than we do per student. That's, so that's like, absolutely asinine to think. You know, and like, yeah, so like the whole prison system, we don't even have time to get that even started. But like, I, you know, like there's a for-profit prison system and it's costing us taxpayers tons of money. When if we really wanted to like get our biggest bucks worth our bang would be to invest that into like the young people and helping them grow. And just right. like I've been saying. So, you know, both going back to the police thing, like think about we're, we're paying them. We can compare it to teachers. We're paying them. You know, sometimes in the state of Michigan, we're paying police officers to start like 36 grand, you know, to go out and risk their lives. But you also think about, too, like the amount of responsibilities that we are putting on our police yeah, officers. Right. How to handle. Yep. You know, as teachers, right? Like the, how, how many different scenarios you can. So I can only imagine, yeah, as a police officer, especially at night. Stuff. Right at night at 2 a.m. and stuff when it's dark or something, you know, like we are expecting police officers to do far more 
beyond the parameters of their job. And I think that is, that's a part of, you know, you talked about hiring more social workers. Like, I think that's why when people are talking about defunding the police, they're not, they don't actually want to get rid of the police. Nobody, at least anybody with a brain uh, understands that we, we need law enforcement, but what we're asking our, our police officers to do um, is just insane. Like they're not only just dealing with the daily enforcement of laws, they're dealing with mental health. They're dealing with uh, homelessness. They're dealing with repeat offenders. They're, it's absolutely absurd. Well, especially when basic needs aren't met in a society, right? So, like, then they're being told, like, so let's, let's pump more money into the policing rather than actually addressing the real issues that are being in society. We'll just do it. We'll just correct it with more policing, which, again, like you said, they're not handled. To, you know, and a lot of those gentlemen and women probably need therapy, like we're talking about. Like, we're talking about, like, just normalizing therapy, but, like, it's got to be tough. I'm imagining going through some of those situations and stuff like that. And they need to de-escalate or de-compress. Uh, right. So, and um, again, it's important. It's important too. Like, like we're saying all this stuff in important uh, in support of the police. It's important, I think, and a lot of police officers do recognize that that a lot of them they they have the negative bias towards them uh, because of what a few bad apples have decided to do or or not even i don't even know if i want to go as far as to say bad apples but just in very compromising positions uh have made some very unfortunate mistakes you know there's no reason i think it's a system that just doesn't really give us justice and people are kind of frustrated with that though um right you know and when bad things happen, people need to, there should be consequences on both sides and stuff like that. So just because you're a police officer doesn't mean you shouldn't have uh, certain laws that you should be, you know, that you need to follow too. You know, you should be, you're, you know, as teachers, we're held to a higher standard, right? Oftentimes yep. like, I'm careful, but we got to say sometimes because it could be held yep. against me possibly as a profession and yep. stuff like that. So um, as a teacher, I feel like as, you know, as somebody who's going to be holding a gun at all times, should also be held to a higher standard. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Um, you know, and, and a lot of those circumstances, um, you know, where, where there's been, unfortunately people, especially people of color who've been shot in recent, um, recent times, um, they made, they made grave errors and mistakes that, that cannot be reversed. Um, but, but again, it's, it's a small percent, very, very small percent. And it's like going back to teaching. If we were to judge teachers based off of one circumstance, um, granted, we don't, we aren't killing people, um, at least hopefully not, um, you know, then, uh, then we're going to be in a lot of trouble because that's not just like judging our public servants. We're, if we start judging people based off of one decision that they made in their lives, then, uh, then, and we're not, forgiving or we're not at least trying to heal or understand then then things are never going to improve but i don't think that's um, the issue there's people again, with like big rap sheets that have like you know who are still on forces and making lots of money really that should really not be on the forces and stuff like that and oh i agree endangering people that they come into society you know in contact with in society and stuff like that so um there's definitely i feel like i understand what you're saying with all you know we're, we're talking about humans and i don't want to be you know not empathetic to that like 
Well, you know, the thing is like everyone has like a good side to them. And like, you know, you never – we just don't know what's really happening. You know, a lot of people are like, well, I know this guy. He's a good guy. But you also don't know how he is at work necessarily or what's – what you know, when he's – right? I mean, it's just – it's kind of different. Well, well so. let me let me clarify a little bit here. It is never okay, in my opinion, to shoot somebody – uh, who poses no threat to you or to kill somebody who poses, you know, George Floyd, for instance, the dude was already on the ground and he was already restrained. Like there is no reason why he should have died, uh, especially for an alleged counterfeit bill. Yeah. You know, we've, it's so easy to come across a, a counterfeit bill now and they make them so realistically, but nevertheless, like, like the guy that was drunk in, in the Wendy's parking lot, and was running away and had his back turned. Did he deserve to die? No, yeah. no. But, but again, like, I, I'm not saying that you should ever justify a person I, dying. I would never ever say you said that. I know you would never say that. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I clarified. No, I'm I'm just I'm just trying to make sure that. Uh, no, man, it's a touchy subject. I understand where you're coming from. You don't want to be feel right. like you're not empathetic and like. Right. No, dude. Um, I, I am. This is a vi- very nuanced situation that we're talking about, and you know it's hard. Like, the, but I think it's important that we have these discussions again to try to figure out what we could do now to move forward. Though, what type of reforms? You know, is it is it through Congress and electing people? Is it through protesting? You know, protests work. You can say what you want, but these protests work. They're diverting money now because of you're putting the pressure on these people. But if you don't put pressure on them, they don't have a reason, right? They're just going to do whatever the people paying them who are funding their campaigns or whoever's giving the money to be in their positions. It's all, they're all connected. It's all swappy. That situation, yep. you know, I, I, I don't understand. Um, I don't understand why people are so upset about the protesters. Um, you know, they're, they're only, they're only upset about a certain type of protesting. Yes. You know, we live in a country where we have freedom of demonstration, right? That's, had, that's your Michigan, number We one. had those protesters at Capitol Hill. Right. 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 I, I will never understand how it is okay for somebody to go and protest in our state capitol with their assault rifles to go and protest and nothing happens to them. But we that is happening in the same country where the Black Panthers did that in the 1970s and they banned assault rifles in California. Yep. You know, that, that's that's the disproportionate that people right. don't understand about cultures in our country yeah. is we make exceptions for some, but not for others. Yep. You know, yep. it's a, I have a hard time believing that if those people were African-American, um, that they would be met with the same yeah. kind of uh, peacefulness yeah. about it, like yeah. a acceptance so, of what's going on. But I do support. The right to protest. I supported the right to protest. Oh, Even if I disagree with what they're protesting, I definitely disagree with like how they were kind of like, do they, did they need to bring the assault weapons and stuff because of uh, trying to help save people? I thought so. Um, yeah. I, that's a, that's a whole nother issue. I mean, shoot, we have already talked for over two hours. I know that's a whole nother issue that we could do, but I, I do not agree at all uh, with what, with what those people feel. But uh, again, I'm, I'm in the same light as you. Like I pro is if you're protesting peacefully and you are not calling people names or you're not, uh, you're not making people feel um, 
like they're inferior, then then it's your right to do so. Um, I, I do not agree with uh, again. I did not agree with the the methods that they went about it uh, with assault rifles and calling our governor Hitler. Uh, I thought that was just I, hyperbole and an absurdness to it. But it uh, absurd, yeah. I also don't understand how a lot of those same people, though, can say that uh, the people who are protesting um, Confederate statues uh, or the killing of, of African-Americans disproportionately. I don't I don't understand how they can say that that's that's not OK. Yeah. <sighs> We're finally having the talks about like, sports teams changing their names. Like, finally, man. Like, get over your stupid, crappy names. Like, get over it. Teams change your names all the time. Like, you don't have that good of a history. Washington Redskins. I'm sorry. Like, nobody cares about your history. As a program. This has been – right, right. In the 1990s, the early 1990s when the Redskins were in the Super Bowl, I want to say it was 1991 or 1992, um, they were in Minneapolis, and there was a huge group of protesters – about Native Americans uh, being mascots, and it's like we're almost we're thirty years yeah. later, and they still have the same name. Stop acting like you have like, an appreciation for them, like that, like or just right. just get rid of it, it's, man. Just get new jerseys. You'll sell a bunch of new jerseys and stuff. Like who cares? And and everybody's like, okay, well, well, where does it stop? It's a slippery slope. Well, dude, you you can't like like. When you say that these things are a part of our history, when you say our history, you're talking about white history. Yeah, yeah. It's about suppressing another group. Yeah. That's what a lot of, you know, I can speak as a white man when a lot of these people are protesting about removing Confederate statues or changing teams' names, you know. They're not recognizing the fact that, yeah, maybe we got this quote-unquote rich history by suppressing other people. O- oppression by the back yeah. of cheap labor. Cheap labor has made right. this country great. Like we've hardworking people of the common person. Like that's my frustration is like the fight shouldn't be between amongst us poor people. Like we're just, we're peasants. We tell the students, right? Like we're like, we're peasants, right? Like if there's, if people are looking down at us, like, at a, like from a hundred years from now, like we're low scale. We don't make that much money. I mean, we have an education and stuff like that, but like, there's like they're gonna look back and there's like the super rich who fucking run everything, and then there's like poor people, man, and they got us fighting each other. Right, right. And that's they're they're fighting we're fighting each other and they're taking more and more control from us. Yes. That's why it's gonna be so important in November. You know, granted, on the on the one side, I am not and I know how you feel already about them. Um, I'm not I don't think it's the greatest candidate that's running against no. Trump right now. No. Oh, I hate him. I hate him. I, I do not. I think he's, I'll say it, but right now I am voting for him. I don't have another right. option. I mean, like, I don't have oh, another option right now. Like, again, I, I think everybody can agree uh, that, uh, that right now the, the person who is in charge is not equipped for this. Hey, he won and I was open. I was like, okay, let's try whatever. This right. is what happened. The system said this guy won. Let's give him an opportunity. I think he could have. I think he could have. Like, right. especially during this pandemic and stuff like that. If he just would have been somebody with compassion and treated us as like humans and cared, like he could have easily been reelected. I think. Right. I'm probably going to make a lot of people angry by saying this, but uh, but I really uh, I find myself when I'm watching uh, like stuff from old movies and thinking like, oh, this came out in like. 2001 
man, I would, I would love it if George Bush was back in charge or, or I like, I, at the time I thought he was like the worst president of all time. And it's remember like, Kanye West was like, George Bush hates black people. Right? He said that? Yeah. He said that on national TV. And, the and then he's like, now, then he's like buddying up with Donald Trump and stuff. But Donald and, Trump was like the most, one of the most oppressive yeah. uh, people in power of all time, I feel like, you yeah, know, he, he um, loves like not paying people and stuff and getting away with right. it. Like he's, he has so many lawsuits against him and stuff, dude. That's all he does. Oh, I just, I just wonder, I wonder what, what people's tipping point is with him. Is there a tipping point at all? Like prime example of how he does not read situations. Well, he had the, uh, the military clear out a peaceful protest just yeah. so he could go and take a picture in front of a church holding up a Bible upside down. It's so fake. It's so I, like put on. Like, come on, you've never read that Bible. Like, right. Or if you have read it, you don't, you certainly don't follow the preachings. Yeah. Of what it, of what's being said. And it's just, I, I don't, I, I, I will never understand it. And that's, we got to end this suit. I do have one thing I wanted to bring up because I keep looking at my background sure. with my mouth open. And uh-huh. something I feel like something we don't do as a society and maybe coaching and get, need to get into more is like breathing techniques. Do you teach breathing techniques at all to your yeah. players? Yeah. Um, so like I said, coach Nuttle is a, uh, he's a yoga instructor. So, uh, and I, I happen to do yoga a lot myself and it helps keep, uh, it helps keep my mind centered and everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah namaste. Um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, a lot of breathing techniques, like people don't understand that breathing controls a lot of what you do. You know, breathing is, is like, like drinking water or eating. It's a survival method. So, you know, if your breathing is not controlled or um, you're not breathing comfortably, then everything else in your life is just that much difficult, that much more difficult. Well, like I, um, I was a mouth breather for a long time. I still am sometimes and I don't pay attention, <laughs> but like, uh, it's very important to be like breathing through the nose and stuff like that. Like, right. uh, Were you like uh, do you remember, do you remember Hey Arnold stinky? Yeah. <laughs> sure. About that. Yeah. Well, I have a lot of like uh sinus and like a bunch of stuff. I need to go to that. Ken's been begging me to go to the ENT specialist, which I need to go to and stuff or whatever. But like, that's why I have hearing issues and a bunch of stuff, but yeah. Um, yeah. I need to get that all cleared up anyways. Uh, but no, I think breathing is super important and like, like yeah, uh, through the nose, nostril and then holding it and just being aware. So there's voluntary breathing and involuntary breathing, but like something we don't do is like practice and like, in cause like there's, I think there's like some hidden magic behind it. Like if you like practice, like on like getting your breaths better, I don't know. Yeah. But anyways, we've talked a long time. I haven't, it did, man. Yet. I mean, I, it went by really quick. Yeah, it did. You said you have, you said you haven't eaten today i have not eaten yet today well you need to show everybody the giant water bottle that you've been drinking out of okay let me have a sip of coffee okay nobody's watching live right now but for all those obviously for all those who might still be watching at two hours and 17 minutes into the live video they they realize oh my gosh so i have a huge water jug you know a lot of these people that uh that are going to watch this later on are going to be like oh you know Oh, Hurley High's on here. Um, I'll watch for a minute and uh, turn it off. Whatever. So. Who cares? It's not about them. It's about us. Uh, this is for us. Yep. It's um, healing. 
Yeah, no, uh, that's why I miss about having these uh, podcasts. This podcast specifically is just having the conversations with people that I that I know, or maybe if I don't know, but getting to know them. I don't know. It's just something different yeah. when you're like recording, I guess. Then right. Yeah. Right. I missed it, man. When I saw that your uh, podcast came back and, and Jarvis came up, I, I had to listen to it like right away. Like Jarvis seems to rationalize a lot. He's amazing. Of dude. What, yeah. Yeah. I loved, I loved listening to it and uh, you know, he's done a great job with Wayne Memorial. Yeah. If you look at his, um, yeah, dude, they're doing amazing things for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what, so he inspires me. I like surrounding myself, people like that and talking to like, you know, who, who motivate me to try to get better and stuff like that. Uh, but something he's done to, uh, an update on him. I don't know if you remember, if you listened to the podcast with him, he was talking mm-hmm. about when, uh, an experience and when he went to a school of the deaf and how that really kind of mm-hmm. hit him and stuff like that. Uh, but he is now signed up for American sign language classes. So I need to do that too. He's nice. motivated me because it's my, it's, it's, you know, I'm losing my hearing. I don't have good hearing. It's mm-hmm. something I need to probably do. So I'm hoping to maybe learn that that's inspiring me. I need to sign up now, but I would also like to bring that into the teaching and stuff like that. If we can maybe like teach kids how to like yeah. sign language, I think that'd be awesome and important. I got a little sign language book that I'm looking at right now on my bookshelf that I have never cracked open saying talking with your hands, listening with your eyes. So, because I think it'd be I cool to be like expressive. I don't mean to like try to like, uh, no. like while talking and stuff, it'd be pretty cool. No, so. he, he, listening to his podcast, uh, it that really, uh, it really hit home. I liked, I liked listening to a lot of the things that he's gone through, and you know, especially some of his experiences in Russia, like hearing that the U.S. military taught the Russians how to be racist. Like, I don't know if that's exactly true. I mean. Uh, if you study a lot of Russian history, uh, there's a lot of suppression yeah. there too. Yeah. But nonetheless, nonetheless, man, like he experienced that firsthand. So, yeah. but uh, I did appreciate listening to him. I can tell he's a great coach. And, yeah, dude. Seriously, you know, his kids love him. Uh, they like, like I probably heard made books. They you you always just see they're always doing stuff. Uh, and so that inspires me. You know, like what type of change and you can have on somebody, you know, and just, it's just fun watching. I know as a teacher, you're just watching these kids grow to something that maybe they did not expect to be, you know, just trying to right. day by day, encourage them to get better and better. Cause that's all it takes is day by day. And uh, I, so. I think you should, uh, I think honestly, one of your, or a couple of your podcasts, you should interview some athletes, interview some kids. I thought know? about doing something like, like that, maybe with their coach even or something or, uh, yeah. you know, I've thought about that. I'm sure some my girls, my girls would absolutely eat this up. Okay. Um, uh, I just and, have a hard time. I'm wondering how comfortable kids will be and how smooth and stuff like that sometimes. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, from Frank. Frank actually told me about experiences of him trying to like interview students or like athletes <laughs> or something and just like, like ask a question and they'll just give like a response like, yeah. or so. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yeah, but you know, uh, yeah, but I think maybe that's what, that's why I would like to have a coach with them too, or something like to help, like bring it out of them or something, or like, oh, talk about this experience or something to help kind of guide them or something like that. Right. Or I mean, I have I have plenty of uh, former athletes that they're a little yeah. older, they're adults now that that maybe they'd like, but you know, I think like the proof is in the pudding. Like, you know, you can have hosts that come on and like co-hosts that come on or whatever, like me, and maybe I'm found as a blowhard or whatever about my program. And, 
maybe I can have some kids back me up or they can contradict everything that I'm saying and saying I'm a terrible yeah. coach and human being. So, yeah. you know, but, but uh, I think that like the, a lot of the people that you've had on the past, whether it's Jarvis or, or Brian, um, they're, they're genuinely good people and they're people that they want to, uh, that people want to be inspired by. Yeah. I think we make it still other- waiting. You still waiting for what? I'm still waiting for you to interview PJ Flack, though. Okay. Oh yeah, PJ Flack. Uh, who's he coaching? Is he not Minnesota? Is it Minnesota? Minnesota. 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 Okay. I didn't know man. if he was already like in the NFL. Like he's been like moving so fast or something. You know. Um, I don't know. He's my he's my hero though. I yeah. uh, love listening to the guy. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think it's important to have these conversations. We try to reach out to each other, build a network and help, you know, like as we talk about helping our school grow, like I want to see the state of Michigan then grow too. You yep. know, I want to be the best state in sports and stuff like that academic. So, but like all I can do is focus on where we're at and develop, you know, bettering ourselves and stuff like that. Hopefully that will inspire other schools locally, you know, and like, oh, look what these guys right. are doing. So, right. I was. A couple of times when I listened to some of those coaches that you talked to, and there was one basketball coach I think that you talked to at Divine Child, I think he was. Um, But, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, I was going through I was going through a hard time coaching that day and just cutting my grass and I turned it on. And and again, that that really helped me see some things from a different perspective. And I think that's why it's important for us as coaches to bond. Yeah. Keep together. You might um, want to turn this into two podcasts, man. I don't think anybody's going to want to listen to this for two and a half hours. Well, let's end it because I got to eat. And I'll have you back on if we have to or something like that. I still had a couple more things to talk about, but I, I'm fine. I got to eat. Right. It's been yeah. two, almost two and a half hours. Oh, wow. uh, I appreciate you coming on. Um, that's yeah. it, guys. See you later. All right. Take care. Thank you. Yep. Go Rails.